Belverde. Step right up, folks. See if you can outdrive the amazing golf ball uh, whacker guy. Podcast show 227, and we are fired up tonight to give you a doozy. And this one is going to be busts and disappointments for the 2016 fantasy football season. As usual, I've got Houdini with me, but he's not to my left, he's across the way. Uh, and that's it, it's just us today, guys. So, me and Houdini on a Friday night throwing back some. Valverdes and uh, talking fantasy football like we like to do, and we got a good topic. We did probably a couple months ago, right after the Super Bowl, more or less. Pretty soon thereafter, we did a sleepers. Um, we always do. We always try and do the first sleepers piece in the industry, um, and then now we're doing our bus piece. And we've got a lot of guys, and we had uh, some of the other pyros chime in and give us some of their busts. Houdini's got some of his. I've got some of mine. So we got a lot of players to talk about. But it's and not we're also, just gonna have fun. It's not even just busts. Oh, it's, it's disappointments busts too. Busts and yeah, disappointments. Right. It's right. disappointments. That's a big one because uh, Stag Party and some of us complain to each other a lot because we'll call someone a bust, but then they're top ten. <laughs> we're like, we're like, how do we? How's the guy a bust? But he's. But uh, we're ranking he, him yeah, in the top he, ten. We're ranking him as a, yeah in our in our tiers. Uh, or our player rankings, and it kind of made sense. So disappointments are guys that are like, hey, these are top guys, wide receiver one, wide receiver two, and across any position. But watch out. You know, it goes back to your piece, uh, career be year beware, yeah. and kind of things like that. Where they, When someone's riding off the high, be weary of the low on the next season. Yeah, or even just, you know, if you're just, they've been a status quo guy over all this time, and it's like now they're going to fall off the table. Uh, there's different ways that you can look at it, but disappointment's the way, other way I look at it is we're not talking always necessarily about guys that are first, second, or third round draft picks, you know. It, it's always like, well, how do you define a bust, you know? It, it, bust is going to be relative to where you drafted him to where he actually ends up at the end of the year. Yep. So, you know, that could still, that, so in disappointment would be more, uh, you know, just a lesser degree of how far that difference is. It's true. In my opinion. And, and I think what we've done in years past, a couple years ago, we'll try and be a little more mature. Probably not. Uh, <laughs> but we do bust breast size. So, you know, D-cup size bust. Uh, an A-cup. Uh, 
I'm gonna make that joke a couple times tonight and mention a couple hot girls with some nice breasts. Sorry, it's just, it's Friday night and I've been working all week and I like to talk about stupid shit. Um, so, Houdini, good to see you. Glad you're here. Uh, and we are fired up. Yeah, hello. We are ready to get going, man. This is a, there's a lot of players here, so we're gonna kind of uh, talk at length about the guys, but try not to uh, go too in depth because well, the uh, two main guys that I usually argue with aren't here right now, so I, I don't feel like I ha- I'll have as much of a problem tonight. It's good point. Good point. Um, yeah, stag party's on a golf party. Is at a golf outing with his boys. I talked to him earlier today, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm, on, I'm about to start my second round." Uh, so good man, good man there. Dog man again? No idea where he is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do our first bus, and we're gonna do Brock Osweiler. Um, obviously, big, big free agent signing. Made the seventy-four million dollars uh, for four years uh, or whatever uh, with Houston. Um, Big, a lot of dough, dude. He's making a lot of dough, a lot of pressure. A guy that was able to basically just sit for four years in Denver and not have to do much. Uh, I think the upside of him, obviously, in the in the Texans' eyes, is that he learned from uh, arguably the best quarterback, uh, definitely probably the best teammate that wanted to teach and give tutelage and, and, and mentors his his backups in Peyton Manning. And uh, we'll see, though, man. I, I think. There's a lot of pressure now that yep. made, that wasn't there. The money's there, uh, and you just you just never know when there. When it's easy to hold a clipboard, ask Rodney Pete. It's easy to sit there and ask Ty Detmer how it, how easy Ty it is Detmer. to collect a check and sit there and know that basically you're not going to have to get into the game. Uh, then having you know a fan base of uh, millions that uh, are expecting you well, to come there and do it. Look right at it too. Look at it this way. I mean they. We're really handling him last year with the Broncos with kid gloves. They they were not they were not really releasing him a lot. He had one 300 yard game. He had two other games that he threw for over 290 yards, uh, but he only had uh, two games uh, out of his uh, what was it uh, uh, 11 games that he played last year. Two games with more than one touchdown pass thrown. That's so not that's, good. And, and he, that's with a, a very talented wide receiving core that they had over there in Denver. Now he's moving over to Houston. You know, he's not going to have the benefit of a demerit. He's got, he's, got he's got Nuke. That's fantastic. But he doesn't have the dual threat. He doesn't have the Emmanuel Sanders on the other side. Uh, or maybe the Marius Thomas on the other side, whichever way you want to look at Nuke. Did you see the one? There was a video today that was uh, from the OTAs in practice this week. Uh, I'm not even sure if it was Brock throwing it to him because the video is a little bit grainy and that wasn't really the focus of the of the video. But there was they were doing a goal line kind of just a fade route to uh, to uh, DeAndre Hopkins, guarded obviously by his own player defender. Dude, he made the sickest. You know that there's like that one catch that he made one handed, like leaning back. Yeah. He did that. That was when no one was around him. But he did that like in the air, contested the guy's body, caught the ball like with the guy hitting him, one hand. I mean, it was the sickest catch ever. Do a a search for that, listeners, and check out that. Just it happened this week, practice, and you're just like, when I saw that, I was like, God, this guy's just, he's just too good. He is, but you know what? They they spent a lot of money on him in the offseason, but they also spent money on Lamar Miller. Mm -hmm. And they brought Lamar Miller in, and I think that's the security blanket is that they they still want to be an old school type football team that's going to run first. Take some shots downfield, uh, you know, but not be a team that's going to rely on the passing game. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, it's it's still there's no depth of talent. What, where we got a tight end over there? C.J. Fedorowitz. Okay, I'm an Iowa guy. I, I'm, not, I'm telling you this right now. Griffin. 
Yeah, it's it's garbage. Yeah, it's not looking good. When you go when in doing my our tiers for version three, uh, quick pyro promo version three of the draft kit will be coming out uh, middle or end of uh, next week. Uh, so stag party and the whole team's been working hard on it. A lot of content we need to get in there. But I just remember doing my version three of my tiers earlier in the week and looking and just thinking, God damn, these tight ends are low for Houston. And it was just kind of like. Why haven't they done anything to do that? Why not go out and sign one of these free agents? Why not go and use a draft pick on them? It's, it's, they must think they've got something that they better than we do, or they just don't plan on using too much or of a tight end It's role. because they're, they're looking at it more. If you're looking at it being a more of an old-school type running team, then you're going to need to have that blocking tight end. Yeah. And that's what those guys that they have are. C.J. Fedorowicz is like a big six foot seven guy, yeah. you know. So he can block. Went to Iowa, so there. Okay, fine. Griffin's your more of your whatever, but he can still block and then just be a release guy. They're not looking to run their offense through that position, but they need someone else to step up on the other side in order for Brock to be anything. I mean, I got Brock listed as like my twenty fifth quarterback. Yeah. So wow. you know, I'm not I'm not buying in on it because. You know, he didn't even have any of those like Scott Mitchell type games that yeah. got him his contract. True, deep position at quarterback. Uh, the upside is obviously there now. One thing I do like, I am super high. Uh, I think people are starting. I, I felt this week on Twitter, some of the experts. Hopefully, they've been listening to me. But I've been super high going into before even the combine on Braxton Miller. The guy is just an elite once. I mean, he is he is an elite once in a lifetime type of talent. I mean, literally, just like no one in the NFL has just got more raw talent than this guy. And uh, they're gonna put him in the slot. Uh, I like that for Osweiler. And then, obviously, the other rookie that they took ahead of him, uh, the burner, take the top off. Uh, uh, shit, the, the dude from, um, uh, I don't know his name, uh, Fuller. 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 From Notre, from I, think they, Notre I, I feel like they reached for Fuller. Though. I so, agree. And, and the they, figures, did, they took him before Treadwell's taken and before Doxon. I think it's a no-brainer. They should have gone. If they knew they were going to go Braxton Miller, there's no question about it. They should have gone after Treadwell. Yeah, I agree. And, and the other thing, though, too, it's what's great for Braxton and Miller uh, is that he's going to get a chance to play in this offense. So that's your X factor. But at the same time, is he going to be a guy that's it, that's going to give you uh, anywhere close to 1,000 yards this year? No. Absolutely not. But no, I'm saying but, he helps, but what but he's but gonna, he helps Absolutely, because what he can be is a guy who's going to get 400-something yards. He's going to do it in a multitude of ways. And they're also going to have him you know, gadget doing plays. gadget plays and throwing the ball. So He'll probably be the third-string quarterback. Yeah, too. absolutely. <laughs> uh, well, let's move on from Osweiler. Should be exciting again. Deep position at quarterback. A lot of unknowns. New playbook. Last thing I'll say is this is a quote from Brock Osweiler himself uh, from a couple weeks ago. It's like you speak Spanish your whole life, and then they tell you to go learn French and do it in front of 75,000 people. That's his take on learning the new Texan, Houston Texans. That's that, not a very uh, uh, compelling argument to say that I have confidence in you. I, I agree. Like oh that's kind of he's like he seems upbeat and he seems like he's got all the right energy, and I like him. I don't think he's an idiot. So now, but when you're saying that, it's like the fan base is like, okay, great, fucking learn French quickly. No, no, this is what I, want, I, want, I wish I knew French because I would want, I want to just go to a game and swear at him in French throughout oh, the whole is. game. <laughs> There's got to be some meme out there of like some like like yeah. uh, French like mime guy actually like, uh, you know a mime actually swearing <laughs> out loud. <laughs> well, we'll see. It'll be interesting to do. Um, I'm staying away. Let me throw out yeah. one bus for me, and then we can go like then we yeah, can yeah. go disappointment, disappointment. So. Uh, because, you know, that's kind of like what it is when you talk with us. Oh, there you disappointment. go. Disappointment. Yeah, so uh, my bust first one's going to be Julian Edelman. Uh, 
Yeah. And you know, there's a multitude of reasons why I I just feel like the the party is coming to an end when it comes to uh, the, the the major production that you've seen out of Edelman. So uh, here he is now. He's he's going to be uh, he's he's 29 years old. Um, he's, we don't know what's going on with Tom Brady. If he's going to be suspended for those four games, and if he is, that drastically hurts him. Um, he, he, I think he's suspended. I just don't yeah. see you how. Know, how, many, end how, many, how many times can you keep going back to this? How many thousand yard receiving seasons has Julian Edelman? I had? think it's one. Yes, and, and, last and, year, was it last year or two years ago? No, two years ago. three years ago. Three years ago. Two three years ago. ago, and it was only for a thousand fifty six yards. So when you're looking at this, this is like. He, he's, he's put up a, a bunch of numbers, and at the same time, too, it, it, what about touchdowns? He's, last year was his best, was seven. You know, and that was, now, that was in nine games. So he was, like, he was having a nice track, but he only had 692 yards. He, that, he doesn't give you uh, very many of the, I'm going to win because of Edelman. Why you would always win because of Edelman is because you were drafting him as your third wide receiver because he's a guy that always tended to slip. Well, and you then were he's able putting out solid a bench points player. every week. Right. You were able to get yeah. Edelman, you know. In the, in well, the, not, in not the for the last two years. I, I agree with that. But earlier, before that 1,000-yard season, you were able to get him super late and get that value. Now, here's the problem with, uh, that I have with Edelman. And at this point, there's a gray line between who is the more affi- who's the more effective guy for that passing attack in Brady. Is you think it's Gronk, but when Edelman's gone and Gronk's around, it just didn't. Last year, there it looked it looked problematic at times. There after they went what ten and zero, yeah. yeah. Edelman got hurt, and then they lost like three of their next five games, uh, and they actually ended up I think losing five, four or five total, and I, that's the reason why they didn't go to the Super Bowl over Denver, if you ask me. And Brady said the same thing. Um, he's never been a fast guy. Right. Getting in and out of the breaks, they you know a couple of years ago, coaches are saying he's unguardable. Um, he's coming off these injuries, you know. It's a, it's a, it's, 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 it, it, the health issues are going to scare you. Um, I'm worried. I agree. He, and you look at the ADP on this guy. And here, I'm going to pull up that ADP thing, and we're going to do, we're going to do the ADP from from uh, Fantasy Pros, and uh, the a- average draft position that we've got from Mr. Edelman is kind of shocking and scares the hell out of me. Um, he is going as, sorry about this, I'm, I'm there now, the 17th. He's the 17th wide receiver taken, and he's a top 35 pick. He's going 35th overall. So, uh, that's, that's, that's... So, he's middle that's, of the fourth round. I think that's, that's close a wide to where receiver he went too, in, and that's scare, that scares me. And that's where he went, I think, in our mock, in our mock draft as well, it was uh, in the fourth round, yeah. I believe. So... Yeah, again, you're you're investing a lot in a guy that has only once played a full 16 games uh, in a season. Uh, so you have the injury risk, you have uh, the age, you have Tom Brady, uh, who's possibly suspended for four games. There's just a lot of things that are mounting there that I just I, I'm I don't find a lot of upside. For what you're, you know, you're not sneaking up on anybody when you're taking him anymore, and especially he's going to go even higher in PPR formats. Well, I think that was the last thing I want to say, and it's good mention. PPR is a different player. I mean, again, I'm still worried about the, the injuries, but it's a different deal in PPR. But in PPR leagues, he moves up in his ADP. So, yeah, it's a scary, it's a scary proposition there. And I think this is one of those teams where Brady's the one who benefits because there's so much talent around, and obviously Gronk's on a, his own level, but. 
this is one of those maybe just teams. It's like a, it's not a power in numbers, so to speak, team where uh, a number of players are going to have great fantasy football. It's kind of a role, fantasy football role team where it's just at the backfield. Do you want anything to do with that backfield and any players? I think me and you are higher on like Garrett Blunt than most people. Yeah, I, li- uh, I, li- I like because Blunt. Because Garrett Blunt, I mean, he was, he was the top 10 running back before he went down last year. But at the same time, it's like they've got like five or six, they got the depth. Deion Lewis, Stag Party's favorite, comes back. There's a lot of guys there. White finally got some opportunities. There's just like sometimes when there's so many guys there, it's kind of like they all eat into each other. And it's I like hate, hu- I'm the, hungry, I'm, hungry hippo. And it's like everybody's getting the same amount of balls. I'm not buying it on the James White love. I know dogs got love for, for James White. I'm, I'm, I think that that's a that's a waste of a of a pick for anybody. Uh, you really need to hope on a lot of injuries to happen. That's the only reason why he saw the ball last year. Well, let's let's go to one. You know, of I just hang on. holy shit. Talk about your all-time backfires. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you this. Let's use this as a perfect segue. Same team, Dion Lewis, who I just mentioned. I've got him as one of my disappointments. Uh, so, I don't know, man. <gasps> okay. Okay. Disappointed! <laughs> I've got... You look at him, and I'm doing research for this show and trying to see, all right, let's look at his, at his season last year. We know we loved him here at Pyro because in our Pyro Pro League and in a couple other leagues, uh, you know, give my hats off to Dog. He was like, check out Deion Lewis. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna get some opportunities. So that guy came up big for me in those first seven or eight games that he was playing. But then you look back to try and get a career, a hit sense of his career. He got, he's been in the league since 2011. 2015, then the next season you go back, didn't play in the league in 14. Didn't play in the league in 13. Then you go back to 2012, I think that was the, uh, I think he had like eight games or not many games for the Philadelphia Eagles. And nine then, games. Yeah. Nine games. And then in 2011, he actually played a bunch. But I don't think he got that many touches. I mean, it's not hard to be healthy and be on the side of the, on the sidelines when you're a rookie. This guy just doesn't have enough of a resume to warrant where he's going in ADP. He's, he, <laughs> he does, was, he, he was undrafted. There. He it's, was undrafted last year. He was a pickup like week, a week, we, week if, before if, we got him in the right. leagues, but really most people took him after that. Correct. Unless, he, except he was, for you listening to us, I'm sure. You love us. Holla for a dollar. <laughs> uh, but look at, look at his Right now, okay, he's moving down a bit, but he's the 23rd ranked. Still, that's still okay. Too 23rd ranked running back. Now, remember, he he did it as a dual threat. He was having some amazing games last year, but he's not going to get a ton of carries. So he's really, you know, is just that other dimensional back. And you know, where he did it was he had he had four touchdowns in seven games. You know, so if you're telling me that as a receiving Running back who's going to get most likely under 100 carries on the season yeah. is going. You know, this is when Darren Sproles was affected. That's fine. If it's one of his seven or nine touchdown yep. uh, uh, a year seasons, then that's going to be good. But again, what do we always say? You can't count on touchdowns to, uh, to touchdown dependency. You can't count on it yep. to carry through year after year because then also defenses are wise to you now. They know exactly what you're going to do. Yeah, Deion Lewis scares the bejesus out of me. Um, you know, I'm kind of a Patriots fan, so I hope he's good because I think they, they obviously need him. But even if he has, is good, if I was, I, I put him in a in literally even a more of more than an Arian Foster level of injury probability, and 
Last thing I'll say about this. Well, maybe I think you might. You're almost talking to me like you're talking about him as a bust more than you're talking about him as a disappointment. Well, because if you're 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 worrying about him having the ability to get through the full slate of games, I just don't. Want, I don't like to do the injury thing for my. I know, reasoning. But, but you're sound, but you're also you're making great points about that he doesn't have any type of history that you can go off of. Yeah. And you're basing everything off of what was a small sample size of last year. Yeah. No, it's true. So, and I think he's being drafted as the 23rd overall running back. In base camp, our project management software, when I posted him, I just didn't want Staggs to think I was going after him. <laughs> well, I think right now, I think I think it, I just I think if you go back and re-roll the tape and yeah. listen to yourself talking no, about it, I think true. you're actually talking about it more as a bust than a disappointment. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, and the last thing I'll say, Arian Foster talking is 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 uh, met with the Patriots. I guess this week, I've been saying since day one that's a perfect match. Once he went down, you were and, saying from day one it was Matt Forte was the perfect. Oh match. yes, that's true. But once he once Forte was, <laughs> didn't, didn't go with them. Then. Yes. Uh, this is true, and I think that was still a mistake for them not to do it, and a mistake for Forte to go to the Jets. But um, at the end of the day, once LeGarrette Blount and Lewis went down, it was Trub City for that running game, and they had to rely on the pass, and it was one dimensional. And it just—they're old; they're getting older. They're, if you can talk about a team that's getting older, they're they're it. Um, all right, let's move on. All right, from so let me give let, yeah. let me give let me give uh, my first disappointment. Okay. Um, and it's a guy that's a rookie, Ezekiel Elliott. And nice. why, why, don't you, why don't you tell me, uh, you can pull up and see what his ADP is, but the, the fact is that from the mocks that I've been doing and I've been seeing, he's a guy that's going toward the end of the first round in Six. most of them. Six, Six at the position, he's 16 overall. Okay, so either end of the first round I've seen in 12 teams or I've seen just around the ramp. So this is, this is for me why he's a disappointment. I understand that he's going to Dallas. I understand that they have... The, the road-blocking offensive line that can can do all this sorts of damage and open up huge gaping holes. But at the same time, he's still a rookie. And, you know, to expect him to be able to come in, and I, and I know he has the benefit. Okay, let me give him more benefits. He's got the benefit of, of a veteran quarterback in Tony Romo. He's got the benefit of a veteran tight end in, in Jason Witten. He's got the benefit of a super stud wide receiver in Des Bryant. So he has all these weapons around him that should allow him to be able to exploit all, 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 the, all the gold in the world. I, you know, and people will say, well, look, look what Todd Gurley did with St. Louis when they had nothing, you know. So it's like, okay, valid point. But at the same time, I'm going to still look at it and say, well, what happened to Todd Gurley toward the end of the year? You know, what did that do for you? Now, and were you drafting Todd Gurley as your first round pick? Yeah, and because he was injured and you didn't even know when he was coming back, you were able to get Gurley in the four, fifth, six rounds last year. Right. Uh, he was not going in the, fir- in the first round, unless besides Dynasty and whatnot. But, um, yeah. I actually have this guy as my tier top of my tier two fourth ranked running back. Now it's Four. early tier, it's early tiers. I want to see what this guy's doing, but opportunity I like him better than David Johnson. I, I just do. I think he gets a lot of opportunity. Now I just want to see what's going on. Hear more about the plans. See how he's acclimating himself, making sure that he's uh, taking the advice that I guess Demarco Murray gave him this week, and he said just follow Witten. He's like, just learn from Witten, follow Witten, do what Witten does, compose yourself, and you'll be just fine. That, that, that was pretty awesome. I was really well, that's true. No, I, I, I remember uh, seeing, it was, I think maybe it was uh, Inside Sports or something they were doing where uh, Murray was talking about that, and they showed it, or Witten, Witten was being interviewed, and he's like, yeah, you know, he, he really tries to set and lead the example for all these guys. So, you know, but where I have Elliot on my tiers, 11. Yeah. So that's kind of where I really think he, he's a, a guy that's going to disappoint you if you're going to draft him that early. He's really a guy that you should probably, that should probably go in the fourth or fifth round. 
You know, maybe maybe late third, late third round, early fourth round. I mean, but isn't that's, this the that's guy me, that's though? About, that's that's about the height of it for me. Here's the reason. I'm not saying you're wrong. I can see him moving down well, a little bit. You can say wrong. No, no, but there's no. There ain't no right. We're sitting here speculating with with you know four months to go till. Uh, I want to argue. We even really tell me I'm wrong. No, I don't think you are wrong. I just don't know yet. Now, but what I will say, and, and this is this isn't make you right or wrong, but. Isn't this a guy that could have that epic? There hasn't been many epic rookie seasons where the guy throws up 1,400 yards, the 12 plus touchdown. Isn't this situationally, talent wise? I mean, he's a, he, people say he's one of the most complete backs. He's not like a guy that's like a hyper talent like Adrian Peterson or a Gurley last year or other guys that they say are freak athletes. He's just like a well-round player. Isn't this a guy with that situation and this team that wants to sell those jerseys that could, the upside, the ceiling, he could be you know, one of the best, the, the top, top, maybe even the number one. And I don't want to sound like Stags because that's what he was saying a few weeks ago, but the, the upside is certainly, certainly there for him. I don't think your 11's wrong, but the upside's there. And I'm, I'm down with, in the first round, taking a swing for the fences on that. Again, we know I'd rather have a Julio, a, 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 you know, a Beckham or a Brown in that first round than him, no question. But if I'm sitting there at the ninth pick and everything's gone, and their best, you know, those top three running backs and Bell, Gurley, and AP are gone, and it's between Jamal Charles, David Johnson, or him, or or um, you know, let's say AJ Green or some. I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably roll my dice on him, and maybe I'll fall in love with uh, David Johnson more than I am right now because I know everyone loves him. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of apprehensive kinda, on him. I'm very apprehensive on him because who do you like more, Elliot or obviously you do? You got to have. Uh, you, I have David Johnson yeah. higher, I have, just because of, of the of the potential, and again, being with a coach there that likes to run the ball. Uh, when he can in, in Arians, you know, it's like, let me look. You had uh, uh, Chris Johnson was coming and getting 20 carries in a game. It's like, so the running back's going to get a workload there. So, And that's uh, the reason why I'm scared of David, you know. So I don't think we here's don't. the thing I worry about, though, with, um, with, with Elliot. The thing that I worry about with him is that, look, Elliot. all this praise. <laughs> Elliot. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna make a graphic with E.C. Elliot. <laughs> Buster be, now. That, that should be. He should just be his character with a, with a glowing finger. Done. <laughs> Done. Oh my god. You know, this week I sent. I sent a stretched I, out head because he wanted to have the crop top, but he yeah, can't have that in the NFL, yeah. so he can have the stretched out head. That's well, what the I, crop neck. I love it. The pyro character. I actually had Justin Height. Height. Shout out. I sent him the guy, the rookies I wanted him to do, and I gave him a couple graphics. Elliot will have a six pack and a crop. He'll have a halter top. Nice. And, but yes, that's it. His right hand is <laughs> going to be on the globe. Elliot. <laughs> so, but here's the other thing. Uh, uh, before you get to to this to that next point, is that I, I worry that all this praise that's being hyped uh, put upon him in this off season yeah. can get to your head. Right. You're in Dallas and you have all these things, and so. Uh, and, and you're giving a lot when you're when you're coming in, and Jerry Jones is investing a lot in you, and he loves he loves his guys. You know, he wants to be that that owner GM buddy buddy with all the guys type of type of an owner. So uh, he's his pet right now, and he's I worry that he, he needs to stay humble. Yeah, no, I agree. That's why that's why Murray was telling him stick by Witten. Yeah, no, for sure. And one thing I want to mention: uh, follow us on Twitter. Uh, Pyromane, uh, twitter.com forward slash P-Y-R-O-M-A-N, the number one AC. Having a great time um, over there. And actually, uh, last week I uh, 
not last week, a couple weekends ago, I guess, yeah, two weekends ago, I tweeted, I think on Saturday night, a picture of Dez and Ezekiel Elliott uh, talking to each other. Oh, yeah. And, and I, 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 I posted, a, I saw a picture of that and I posted, hey, look at Dez and Ezekiel. And I put their handles and I'm like, are these guys going to be the next Emma Smith and uh, Michael Irvin? I put their Twitter handles. Irvin retweeted it. Not he didn't retweet it, he responded. He's like, I love this picture. He's like, Des just gotta reel him in and all this stuff. By far, our, once he did that and he retweeted, by far our most successful tweet ever. I think we I don't know what the numbers are, I haven't looked at, but like almost a like over fifty retweets, a hundred likes, like our Twitter we, our Twitter people like us on Twitter, but we don't they don't they don't give us enough love. Thanks, eighty eight. Yeah, we love you, eighty eight. Irvin. Irvin. Oh. oh man, I love that guy, um, and that's why I do love. I've already said his name one time, right? But the guy that I'm falling in love with, and it's, he's, I think he might be my this year's uh, Amari Cooper. I'm falling for Laquan Treadwell. I just, I just think the guy. I think Treadwell's going to be a good, good, good. No, we're not, we're not talking about okay. guys that you're believing in. We're talking about busts and disappointments. Man. Hey, we can, we can have conversations. Oh, we're we having have fun. Them. We're having fun. And I think oh yeah, and you want to know what we're doing to have fun? Well, Friday. <laughs> send them home. I just send them home. It's time to go home, there, ball. Son of a bitch, ball! Why didn't you just go home? That's your home. Are you too good for your home? Answer me. <laughs> Let's talk about busts. Can we just say Adam Sandler might have might have his career might have gone bust harder than anybody's career in the history? Considering the movies and what he was able to do in the early point of his career, I think just across the board, all those movies from uh, Happy Gilmore or whatever, Happy pro- Gilmore, pro- Billy Madison, production, yeah, Happy yeah. Madison productions. Yeah. His early now his movies are just the friggin' worst. His, but you know what? He's making a fortune. That's what he's, 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 he did the Johnny Depp Disney thing. He does the worst movies, puts them out. Uh, my God. But yeah, Ugh. terrible movies. I, but I do like them ever since the days on Remote Control on MTV. Well, there you go. But no, but this is Happy Gilmore. I liked Happy Gilmore. Oh, it's sick. Oh, yeah. The early stuff is amazing. Yeah. Oh, and he's, he's fucking great on, on, uh, on Saturday Night Live. They say he's one of the actual, in person, one of the funniest people Saturday Night Live's ever had. Him and Eddie Murphy, they say, are like, when you're talking to them and it's real and you're just talking, they're just like downright... Uncontrollably hilarious. Nice. Um, all right, so let's move on. Like I said, we you had, owe a disappointment. Or yeah, let's let's do a disappointment. Or a bust. You want to go back? You want to give another bust? We'll do an OC disappointment. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, we'll bounce around. We like I said earlier in the show. Yes. Right, we, got, we got other people's opinions, even though it's just you and me here. Yes, yes. We, we do have a mind share that we are pulling from here, so absolutely. we don't have to do all the work. Yes, absolutely. And this is uh, we're delivering. We're the vehicle to deliver the message for Mr. OC. Out of the ATL. Sorry I missed you when I was there last week, buddy, but you called it right. I was uh, having a good time the whole time and wasn't going to see you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he had a lot of family in town, but anyway. All right, his first disappointment, Eddie Lacy. Um, you know, Eddie Lacy, I think uh, on my tiers for the late latest version, uh, I have him at 18, um, which... 
To be honest, I, 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 I have him, well, I have him at seventeen. I have to. We have to put all these guys' names on our tiers because it's for the audience. But when I go into my own draft, Eddie Lacy's not going to be a slot. I'm going to have him already crossed up. I don't want him at all. Uh, just, it, 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 I just don't want him. He's just I, not, I don't want him either. I, you know, I, wanna, I do want his other part. I want the backup to him. I do like. Here's the though, but you need to, there's there's still a time. Who do you think we're talking about? I like his backup. Uh, Starks. Yeah. I mean, not as high pick, but as a, okay. as a, as a late, late. Oh, you're gonna because well, you can grab him still yeah, way late. Way yeah, late. absolutely. I mean, he, but he's almost going on undrafted. Lacey's, I mean, Lacey's falling, right? Okay, and he's gonna fall a lot further depending on what area of the country you're in. Right? We're here in Chicago, so there are always, you know, I have like Packer fan, uh, fan friends that are like in a lot of my leagues. So it's like a guy like Lacey, if if we were out in. Oregon or <laughs> whatever with our league and have no allegiance to, to anything going on in this part of the country, then I think Lacey will be able to be grabbed, maybe even fall into the seventh round in some leagues. But here in like the Midwest, in the, in the area where you have anyone that's like... Remember, he was the number one overall pick last, last year. Last year, right. So there gonna be, there's going to be the belief, and I usually believe in that bounce back second year, take advantage of, of the of the fall down of where he's going in, in the draft board. He's 10th right now. I think 10th overall tenth running back. That's he's a ridiculous. top, he, dude. He's not a he's not a late round pick. He's a top. He's going twenty one overall. Oof. So the first pick so the in the average, third round. The, the average for him, yeah. That's so he's, okay. He's he's considered an RBA one by by uh, ADP right now. I, I think he may be a double bust. He may be he may be the double D uh, uh, boob <laughs> breaker, double F going crazy. Big ass Wendy Wop- Wendy Whoppers. Oh, Wendy Whoppers. Yeah, funny Fanny Farkle. You know, just like <laughs> get lost. Oh my god. Well, yeah. I couldn't agree more. And we, I said it on the show before, so I don't want to hark in on the same thing again. Oh, you said it. Yeah, yeah I, did, I did it. You reminded me of that word I earlier. Yeah, I did. We're harking um, back. The fact is, I never like a player that's got to get out of his comfort zone that got him to become a pro football player by doing something different. And obviously, McCarthy has told him you got to slim down, you got to you got to be a different player. And maybe this is the changing thing, and he's able to still have that strength and that that bull over power and and, and, and balance it and have the, the optimal yin and yang with his weight loss. But my fear is that all of a sudden he becomes something he isn't, and. That would worry. So at the end of the day, there's a lot of people that look at, oh, this guy's taking first overall. He's going to have a bounce back year. He's going. He's on this team. It's a passing team. There's a lot of stuff that worries me about him, and that's just like certain players in your tiers when you're doing them. Just cross, if you don't want them, maybe you don't cross them off, move them down because they're sitting there and it's a value, and you can take them. You know, it's not smart to remove too many players, but I always have a handful of players that I just know I don't want on my team, so I have them in my tiers. Well, and I'll tell you what, the other thing is that the NFL is a cruel, cruel sport. And if you do not produce, if he doesn't produce in the first four or five weeks of the season, he's not going to be seeing the ball anymore. So the leash gets shorter and shorter because if you can't prove that you can, you know, do the job extremely effectively... Especially after as highly touted as he was and everything, that doesn't hold any weight when you're in your third season. And I test. We know that he didn't Lacey have two thousand yard seasons in a row or something. He had two great. His first rookie and his second season were great. Third season terrible. But I test last year. Starks looked pretty awesome. Starks is a guy that was the he's a, a work catalyst. hard guy. He's, he's a, a work, work hard, hard guy, guy, but he looks fast. He gets it done. He, he actually busted a couple of nice runs. And this is a player feel, that, that was, like the, was the catalyst the when they won forever. the Super Bowl. It feels like he's yeah. been in the league forever. I remember he won the suit. He was like the main back when they won the Super Bowl. Well, let's, let, let me let, let's, let's go, go to one, another guy. Let's go to one of his. Let's go to his number one bust. Okay, 
Because this this is a guy too that we we, we had brought up earlier, David Johnson. David now, Johnson. Little yeah. shout out to the Ballers. Everybody's everybody's high on Johnson, and I I think I'm kind of in agreement with OC on this, at least in this sense, because like you said, you have Lacey's off your board. I know that David Johnson is not going to be on any one of my teams. Yeah. I am not going to be that guy that's going to be going. Oh, I'm going to get cute and I'm going to take him with my first pick because, as OC says, uh, David Johnson. So sixth overall ADP, sixth overall. third at the position. Sixth. He's ahead of Adrian Peterson. Yeah, it, that's, that's that's You go on CBS. He's he, he's ahead of Adrian Peterson on average. Uh, there's kind of uh, fantasypros.com uses a bunch of different sites to get this, but ugh, third overall, Todd Gurley, Bell, then David Johnson. That's that crazy. Scares me. I, you tell me what did we see from David Johnson uh, that that makes everyone think that he's going to be this like amazing load back carrier, uh, you know, that's going to get the 25, 20 to 25 touches every single game. He's got the size. That's the one thing I, I like. Know he has he's got the size. the size. So that's the one thing, whether we saw it or not. But I saw he's got he he's got the body that and looks I know like he's he a can dual take threat it. guy. Okay, and and Arians he, he gave him twice. He fed him the ball twice. In, in uh, one game with twenty two carries and another game with twenty nine carries. Um, How do you do in that twenty nine carry game? Had one hundred eighty seven yards. Woo! And he had uh, ninety eight yards in his twenty two carry game. How, who's he playing in that hundred? Uh, 80-yard game. The ridiculously tough defense of the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> well, I think I think David Johnson agrees. He's another guy that won't be on, on um, any of my teams. Not because I don't think he's going to be good. We do have him as boss. I mentioned him as a disappointment earlier. Um, sophomore slump. Here are some of OC's little bullet points on him. They've got three running backs. Ellington is, is super, is falling from the graces, but... Two, three, three years ago, that guy was suiting, was a second, third round pick. We miss uh, you, Duke. Yeah, we do. And we, yeah, we love the Duke. Um, they re-signed Chris Johnson, who, when he went down last year, was a, another top ten running back. He was the sleeper of all sleepers that we called here, and we were drafting in leagues here's even before you, he was signed. You know what? So here, here's what the benefit of that is for Arians. Arians. Uh, would love for for whoever the running back is to stay healthy all year, but he's always going to feed the back. So that's why they re-signed Chris Johnson. It's yeah. like, okay, you can you can you know you're still a guy that can carry the load, and they're just gonna. I worry about what's going to be the longevity for David Johnson. I think he's going to be if he's the guy who's getting these twenty odd uh, some odd touches, twenty five odd touches for the first eight weeks of the season. Then all of a sudden it's like when you're going to need him the most, it's gonna it's gonna start to break down because. Again, you know, I know he's got the size, and I know all of that. You know, okay, but you just get a lot more. It's a lot. It's a lot different when all of a sudden, you know, you always see the guys. Oh, well, look what he did on this many carries. You know, he's going to get a hundred more carries. But yeah, he's a lot more tired now. He's got the fresh guy coming in after the the defenses have been uh, taken a beating for the first quarter with somebody else behind the wheel. Well, I want to jump on your back on that one, and then I thought you were going down the path, but you kind of sidelined it. Where I think, and I argued this um, a, a month and a half ago, and I want me and Stag, I think we got pretty animated with each other on how I, I I've been I've been against uh, the David Johnson um, hype train uh, for months now. Uh, I think even Carson Palmer this week said he's addicted to the thought of getting to the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl. He's like that's all. It's like overcome him. He's going to have to play better. But I think this team is one of the handful of teams in the league. One, I think they're not going to have the same season they did last year. Mm-hmm. They're just not going to be as good. Yeah. No, I don't care how good their defense is. Um, but the one thing I'll say is this is a Super Bowl or bust team. 
So, do you think David Johnson's going to be getting 20 to 29 carries in, in, in games a, a lot? And, and they, they, they think that if he's the most important back, that that's going to be the recipe for them to go to this. This is a team that knows they're making the playoffs. they got to win games, but you can't be stupid and try and you know get this guy banged up or get too much tread on his tires uh, for the season. I think that all these guys during the game, and this goes back to we've got to, we're going to have a disappointment later that's about backfields. Mm-hmm. There's three running backs here. Like, why... And it's a passing attack for the most part. Why would David Johnson, he's going to get less carries than you want because he's a Super Bowl bust team. And, and the other thing, too, is because he, here's a guy that had, you know, the, the stat that always is going to jump out at people. Okay, well, he was, it was four point, uh, almost four, four, 4.65 yards per carry. Okay, well, that's good, you know. Not like Jamal, not like Jamal Charles, ridiculous, yep. like, you know, every time he touched the ball, five or six yards. But uh, he has the big playability, and he's also the dual threat. That's, that's the whole thing. But again... I, I just I just worry when you go from only having 125 rushing attempts to now being potentially, you know. That's all he had last year. 125. How many of his touchdowns were? Um, sorry if I put you on the spot eight, here. It was eight rushing touchdowns. But how many? Didn't he have a couple, a few return yards and a catch? How many catch? Yeah, so receiving. He, how many he receiving? He had four and, receiving touchdowns. That's impressive. And so that's 12, and then I think he had two returns. I think he had a punt or two kickoff returns or just one maybe. It was uh, one. He had one uh, punt return. Okay. Um, well, let's move on from him. David Johnson, this is going to be a polarizing player from now until drafts. It's going to be one to keep an eye on. Uh, not all of us here at Pyro agree. We know Stag Party and a lot of other uh, pundits are high on him. I think me and you are a little less so. And OC as well, obviously, because that was one of his to go. Um, all right, I'm going to give a Mo. Bust. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go through a mo bust and a mo disappointment, and then we can give a, a stags one out. Okay. So I'm gonna go with the running back, and that's Jeremy Hill. Um, I kind of don't agree with him here. I kind of am starting to like Jeremy Hill. Um, strength of schedule is amazing across the board for that offense. I do see him as a, a third year bounce back candidate. Um, I, I just think he's gonna be much better than than people think. Well, let's but, let's, let's give his reasons. Yeah. First, let's, yeah. Go for then, it. Uh, oh, I can do it. I yeah. No more Hugh Jackson. Um, so Hugh Jackson is now with um, you know Cleveland. Uh, so Jeremy Hill, such a uh, he's healthy QB. Um, but Dalton was healthy for most of the year last year. So I think Dalton's injury didn't happen until like week eleven or week twelve, and he still wasn't having uh, doing doing crap. So I don't know if that Dalton one really really uh, resonates all that well with me. Um, of the top fifty running backs, Jeremy Hill and his rushing TD dependency was clearly the highest, an inflated forty three point one percent. That's worrisome, but I just think the running aspect of his game was so terrible that terrible. it will improve. That um, that is crazy. TD dependency is is, is scary. I, I I can understand where 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 he's going with all of those thoughts, but I'm I'm going to disagree with him as well because in my mind, this is a guy that the the guy that I'm worried about more is Giovanni Bernard. Uh, I think that you know Bernard's going to need to really do a lot more as a receiver. And Jeremy Hill did not do anything to distinguish himself in that regard, so Giovanni's going to have his, his opportunities there. But um, he really tailed off at the end of last season. Yeah. And when you look at the fact that they lost Muhammad Sanu and Marvin Jones, and you're just talking and you're counting on uh, a Tyler Boyd uh, to step in and to fill the role on the other side, uh, granted, you do have Tyler Eifert and A.J. Green, so I think that, but Tyler Eifert and A.J. Green are the things that are going to help say, we need to establish the run. Yeah. In, in that division... 
uh, with the weather that they're going to get, you, you need to have a running game established, and you want to have a punishing runner that, that makes defense that wears defenses down and can take over in the third in the third uh, quarter. Now, you know, this is also a situation where maybe Hill, after that that nice rookie season that he had, yeah. huh, got a little full of himself, yeah, exactly. and then all of a sudden took it on the chin. Who's not to say? You know, for all the reports I'm hearing is that he's working hard. So. Yep. Uh, he wants to stay in the league. Hopefully, he's putting in the putting in the hours. And uh, yeah, I could see him as a bounce back candidate. Now, one thing I will say: the ADP is higher than I would have thought. He is the twentieth uh, running back being taken, but that's the fiftieth uh, average ADP overall. Um, so it's a little high, but I, I can't put him as a um, as a bust. Um, but he I can't be, put him as a bit rich, rich for my blood. <laughs> what would you say is ADP? He's, fit, he's, he's getting drafted 50th overall, but he's 20th at the running back position. I, I think that's that, that's a potential value because he also is that guy who is going to get all the goal line touches when they when they get down there. So who who, who would you take, Jeremy Hill or Jonathan Stewart? I take Jonathan Stewart. Who would you take, Ryan Matthews or Jeremy Hill? Jeremy Hill. Matt Jones or Jeremy Hill? Toss up. It's I, I I know you're enamored with Matt Jones, and that's fine. I, I know I'm high, I'm the highest. I'm, I'm Jay Ajay. You don't have to agree with that. Jay Ajay. I got my tears too. To, to, to uh, Jay Ajay or or uh, Jeremy Hill. It's Jeremy Hill, and I have Matt Jones one ahead of Jeremy Hill. So there was my. Okay. So that, you're <laughs> close. All those guys I mentioned are being drafted after Jeremy Hill. Wow. Yeah, so Jeremy Hill is still pretty high, um, but let's move on. I think that's an interesting one. Rushing dependency makes. Uh, Pyromaniac Mo, extremely leery. Let me give a quick yeah. shout out and uh, do, do your. Well, I, do I your... got a shout out for a Bell Birdie. You're gonna beat me? The golf? <laughs> oh, you're on. You're in big trouble though, pal. I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. <laughs> you eat pieces of shit for breakfast? No. No. What's that guy's name? Scooter McGavin? Houdini. Scooter McGavin. Shooter. Shooter McGavin. Scooter. 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 What's up, Scooter? Hey, Scooter. Shooter. Shooter. I love it. Well, let me do a quick thing. I'm going to try and do a better job of giving pyro promos on these podcasts. I don't like being a, uh, a snake oil salesman as much as the next guy, but at the end of the day, we got to turn you guys, the new listeners, our existing listeners, on all the great content that we're doing at pyromaniac.com, and it runs deeper than just our pyro podcast heavy that we do here on a regular basis. We also have Pyromaniac Mo does his pyro podcast uh, light, and in season, he does it every, every uh, week. Off-season, he's focusing a bit more now on fantasy football talks. And this week, he had a great interview with uh, Houdini's favorite old-school thing, Draft Sharks. And what's that guy's name? Matthew Schaff? Yeah. Schaff. I I always remember the other guy, Jared Smola. Schaff. But he interviewed him on the Pyro Podcast Light. Really, really good one. And I'll just say this to give Mo Mo some uh, props here. He does a great... He's a great interviewer. Yeah. He's a really great interviewer. Just like... Passionate guy, funny. He can respond well to what's going on. It's not like these interviews are like you know predetermined all that much. There's questions I'm sure he sends, but he's great at responding. And whenever I listen to these shows, I'm almost like he's like 
He's like the Dick Cavett of fantasy football. I like it. Of fantasy if you don't know who Dick Cavett is, go to Google and look it up. It's yeah, Cavett check, with a C. Then check out the David Bowie Dick Cavett or the John Lennon Dick Cavett interview. Uh, both of them are amazing. David Bowie was on a little bit of uh, cocaine during his interview. <laughs> um, but yeah, Dick Cavett, he's just, I mean, Mo. Hats off to you, buddy. You really, I know you, he's, he's reaching out. He, he had Matthew Barry on yeah. a month ago. He had, uh, you know, Ch- Charchian on a couple months ago. We've had guys with uh, Josh from 4 for 4. And just like, it, it, it's, it's pretty impressive the names and, and the people within our industry that he's able to get. And you guys need to listen to these shows. I know a lot of you guys like the madness with D Rex, Houdini, Dogmatica, and Stag Party. And we like that madness too. Yeah, There's a lot of fantasy goo there. Uh, but in all honesty, Pyromaniac Mo invented the word fantasy and, goo. And, and thanks to, <laughs> yeah, and true. And also thanks to Mo for actually being our ambassador to everybody else out there yeah. in the industry. So I spent the first four and a half, five years making the whole industry hate me. Yeah. Uh, we met Mo a couple of years ago, brought him in the fold, and now he's trying to mend these bridges and uh, trying to become, break us more of the Geneva. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. It has worked, and I've realized that there's no right in me, um, you know, being uh, uh, no uh, Liam Gallagher towards the industry. Uh, we're really, we're really meeting a lot of cool people on Twitter and in person, uh, and we love it. So, Mo, great show. If you guys aren't checking out the Pyro Podcast, like, start doing now. Fantasy football talks are awesome. And then in season, he does his show on Friday, so that he's able to get the news and uh, notes closer to the games. Good, good stuff. Um, all right. I will go to uh, I'll go to another disappointment, and to be honest, I don't have much here as far as uh, gritty details. So maybe you can pull them up. C.J. Anderson. Um, all I'll say is I just think Booker um, is going to be giving him a run for his money. And uh, I, I saw a quote uh, today on on Roto uh, on Roto World that uh, that I love, and it's the kind of thing I like seeing in. Uh, in my players that are rookies and backups. He basically said, I'm not coming here to hold anybody's... Uh, and I'm talking about Devontae Booker. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, not, I'm not coming here to hold anybody's pads. He's like, I'm coming here to steal someone's job. And this is what he's saying um, about going after and getting C.J. Anderson's uh, role. Uh, he's going overall at about 162. He's the 53rd running back. Uh, ADP uh, you know, is about 57. I like this guy. We got a couple people out there that have him super high and are rolling the dice on him. Um, you know, you look at Jamie Eisenberg, a guy from CBS. Uh, he's he's rocking he's rocking him in at thirty nine. So this is an IDP, uh, an ADP, not IDP that I, IDP. that I love. Um, I like an IPA. IPA. Uh, but yeah, I think this is a guy, CJ Anderson. They re-signed him because it wasn't all that much. At that point, they didn't oh, want to I'm lose. I'm Booker at uh, 48 right now. So that, yeah, so that's a that's a good spot for him. I, we saw. I like C.J. Anderson, but is he again? Is this a guy that all of a sudden you no, can give the I'm ball not, 24 me, times to a game? And is that an offense that wants to do that? No, they don't. They, they did it uh, four games in 2014. Okay, last year he didn't get the ball. More than 15 times in a game during the regular season. Not more than 15 times. So, you know, um, 
did they did they feed him the ball in the uh, in the Super Bowl? Yes, that was the only game that he had more than twenty uh, touches in, in the game, and he had uh, an average of only three point nine yards per carry. And that goes back to what you said about Brock, how they just hit him. They did the same thing to Peyton Manning in the playoffs when they went with him. They're like Peyton, you're not going to lose this game for us. And let's be honest, I said it before, it's nice not to have dog here. Peyton Manning should have had about four interceptions in that Super Bowl. Oh God, four interceptions. Uh, H-G-H. It is so good. So no, I'm not buying it on the C.J. Anderson love. I don't. I really. I think that I'm. I'm almost. And it, one. Not one of the bookers in there. I think I still need to move C.J. further down on my tiers. I've got him at 28 too. What'd you say? C.J. Anderson. Yeah. Oh, I, I have him way too high right now. What do you have? He's at. I'm at 28. Uh, oh yeah. You're, you're much more in line. Uh, I'm at 14, half of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So now that I, you know, and I see where I have him, it's like I could easily want to put him right about where you're. I'm about 20. I want to move him back to about 24. Did they resign? I want to, I want to like have him be, or maybe 23, 24, somewhere in that range. He needs. There's a lot of guys there that now that I definitely want higher than him. <laughs> now Hillman, I'm doing a real quick search here. Some weird things coming up. I only resigned. Uh, but where did he, I'm sorry, I should have, he's re-signed with Denver. A helmet, yeah, he did. So, I mean, that that's terrible. For some reason, this coaching staff I have Hillman as my 73rd running back. Yeah, I mean, Hillman's the worst. We hate that guy. But, so you've got three running backs there. you got Devontae. This is, uh, keep an eye on that. If Devontae Booker can't learn the playbook, or he's an idiot, or injury happens... No, book it's better, book, but no. still, Hillman being there, that's worrisome. No, don't worry about Hillman being there. Hillman is there just in case Booker doesn't work out. But if you want the guy that has the highest upside and the biggest, best potential and for where he's going in drafts, take your chances on the Booker. Value. You're looking at, this is one of those ones where it's like, okay, look at the three running backs from the, in, in this backfield. Only one of them is going to be a potential value, if any. And Booker is the only one that's going to be a potential value, if any. I agree. Pass on all those guys. Go, uh, go on the upside of Devontae Booker. And if he, if CJ sucks or gets hurt, and Devontae is the man, woo! Yeah, it's basically your CJ Anderson pick from two years ago. Just don't, don't draft CJ Anderson because you're going to be disappointed. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, let's go to. Uh, I'm going to just do another. I'm going to do a disappointment here. And this is one that was also brought up by Mo, and I think it's one that's going to be brought up by anybody that that had him or didn't have him. But it's and it's the guy that I was touting more than anyone in the industry last year, Tyler Eifert. Back to Justin Hyatt, our Pyro Pro character guy. He loves the dude. He's got, he got an Eifert jersey that his girl bought him. Um, to go back to Mo's uh, touchdown dependency, fifty-five point nine of his fantasy football points. Um, are coming from touchdowns. True, but the, the yards, the catches, everything was 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 hurting. Now a lot of a lot of catches left. A lot of uh, you know with Sanu and with um, um, Jones. But the other thing that is, that left is Hugh Jackson, and. I don't know, I don't know, was it Stags? Someone I think was trying to tell me that Hugh Jackson's a good coach for tight ends, and I'm thinking about it like. No, not really. I mean, did, was Jermaine Gresham ever really lighting the world on fire? <laughs> Uh, you know who was there before Eifert? Eifert was the guy who was the, their first round draft pick. So yeah, he's an he's an immense talent. So I look at it as that with him gone now, and if they're going to be kind of going back to a more traditional sense, I think he's going to get a lot more targets thrown his way uh, than he was seeing last year. And I agree. and again, you know, I think he's in a contract year too. Perfect. He, he didn't uh, get no, his money. This is. His, uh, is this his fourth year? I think it's got yeah. Definitely. Oh, so if it's fourth definitely. year, so then yeah, then, he, then 
Well, he was a first round pick, though. So wouldn't he have oh, had yeah, like a five high, high pick? Then he had a, wouldn't he have had a uh, first year contract? I mean, let me time. I don't know, but he's <laughs> he hasn't been paid yet. So if he didn't have the season he had last year, he would have almost gone into the oblivion um, and never even had an opportunity to get the contract. Um, but I don't think he's been paid yet. So I again, I like Eifert more than anybody. Fourth, he's going into his fourth season. He, he was a first round pick, so I believe I, I believe he's not into the contract okay. here because he has they the, the, the extra money to get the fifth year. Yeah, to get the option. So no one likes the guy more, but in, in, in the disappointment category, uh, he, you do have to worry. He, I mean, he, he's, he's definitely. I think he's the fourth now. Last year, let's think about this way. He, last year he was like. The 12th, the 15th tight end taken. This year he's the fourth. Well, he's usually going to be about the fourth or fifth. But here's the, like let, me, let, me give you some, let me give you some information, some stat, statistical knowledge, knowledge here. Okay, drop it. That's going to make you understand. So when you look at Eifert, he played in 13 games last year. Okay? So how many yards per game do you think he averaged? Did he average over? 60 yards receiving per game? Absolutely under. Did he average over 55 yards receiving per game? I think it's under. 50 yards per game. I like the way you're doing the, the, the uh, um, politician. The, the, uh, I, thumb, I, got, I got the thumb knuckle. I got, I got, I got the Bob Dole. I got yeah. the Bob Dole. <laughs> oh, no, you, need that. You, need the, you need the pen. There you go. I got the, the Bob pen. Dole. The pen. <laughs> I wish this was on Blab. No one would know this anyways. We're the only people that are old enough or care. Remember this kind of stupid Bob shit. Bob Dole had a stroke. Bob Dole had a hold pencil. Bob Dole couldn't do this. God bless Bob Dole. I'm Bob Dole. He's still alive. Yeah, guy. he is. Gosh, what a, what a, what a champ. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 I hear you. I think... It, so, I think no, he's no, no, more no, 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 Here's the thing. 47 yards per game. Yeah. He had 615 receiving yards. Only had 52 catches. But it was 13 touchdowns. I remember one game he had three catches for 39 yards and three touchdowns. Is that right? If the numbers aren't perfect, they got to be close. Where he, literally, he had three, he, it was like the most insane. Uh, five catches, 53 yards, three touchdowns. I was like, dude, this guy's the greatest. You know, being, being you're sitting there watching the game with your buddies. Why don't they just get him the ball well, 10 he, times, he, then he'll have 70 touchdowns. Look how he started the season. He started the season yardage-wise. First game, 104 yards, then 49 yards. Then he was shut out, 69-90. Then after that, 30-39, 53-26, 22, 40, 42, could 51. This be, could this so, be the guy like we've talked about before? Once they get to know you, it changes. Or he came in, he's a bat out of hell. No one was paying attention to him. And all of a sudden, still, they start did, focusing a little bit more. He was still he, getting the touchdowns. He still had four touchdowns in his last four games. He's awesome. So, right. and <laughs> he's he's just, six foot six. Yeah, he's a beast. He, he's a beast. So, but... I, I think be, no, but be, I, fire beware. If you're sitting there, he's he's the top. He's, he's getting 49. drafted so high because again, it's but understand that he's going to see a drop in touchdowns. I can easily see him dropping five touchdowns and going to eight touchdowns. That's still a good year. I agree. I agree. Right but now, he's got to take his yard in order for him to, to then cover that for you in fantasy production. He needs to gain like an extra four hundred yards or four hundred fifty yards. Give me a. Give me a bust or a, a sleeper, whatever you're feeling. For me, well, let's give a bust that I think that somebody else has uh, as one of their busts. And it's got to be Emmanuel Sanders. And you, you look at the, the guys who are the biggest winners and losers from any transition that's going on there. 
And, you know, I understand, you know, who's it going to be? Is it going to be Paxton Lynch now? Or is it going to be uh, Mark Sanchez? And either way, I think that Demarius Thomas becomes the, the big winner in this the situation. I know that we've talked about that in, uh, in some past podcasts. But the big loser becomes Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders was uh, just really able to benefit and, and, and stretch the field. But, you know, you look at where Emmanuel was dealing with last year, um, you know, when, when Brock Osweiler took over, it became a, a different type of situation. He started out okay, and then as the season wore on, his effectiveness just just kind of, you know, fell off the table a bit. And he wasn't giving you the uh, the big games. He had the one monster game, three games toward the end of the... Uh, actually, he finished the season strong, uh, but I... Uh, it was it was just stretches where he just disappeared, and I think that with Mark Sanchez behind the wheel now, I think he disappears even more. As I think Sanchez is a guy who's just going to really focus on Demarius Thomas, and he's never been a guy that has just been. Able I think to, I think it's throw the types of passes that Emmanuel Sanders is uh, is is great at, at catching. I think it's Paxton Lynch's job. For you me do one, yeah. I think Sanders. I mean uh, Sanchez just had surgery on his thumb. Uh, so he's not going to be practicing the team. I don't know. I just think so he's El- holding the pen right now. Yeah, pretty much. I think Elway's just going to be like, you know what? Fuck it. I want a Super Bowl. If I'm wrong here, what's the big deal? But let's take a chance on this guy. We'll protect him the same way we did Brock and Peyton Manning. And let's take a chance. We've got the sickest defense. we got some still the same talent. Let's just let this guy run with it from day one. And if, if, he's, if he's great, amazing. If so not. Do you think that that makes. Is that better? For Emmanuel Sanders? Maybe, because Emmanuel Sanders is that guy who's going to, the, the play that really, it's that post pattern and a seam down the middle, that that's the pattern when he busts that thing open. The problem that, is, though, that, that I worry about is Paxton Lynch, that's right, because he is a good route runner and he gets open and he gets by guys, and you have to be able to lead him and be able to throw that deep pass. 15 yards per catch. Yeah. Is, uh, Sanchez can't do it. If, yeah, you want to know what though? Paxton Lynch isn't going to be able to do it either because the one thing that you don't have to deal with in college is you can air a ball out there and it can hang there for a little bit because guys are getting five yards of separation off of their defender. Whereas in the NFL, it's about five feet of separation. If, if you're getting that good, that's good separation. But so, but if it's Sanchez, that guy he doesn't have he can't get the ball down. Either there, way, too. I think it's just really going to be tough for uh, for for Sanders. So maybe he's, whether he's a bust. I maybe he doesn't fall that far, but maybe he's definitely going to be a disappointment. I think he's a bust. I, I think so, too. I think he's a bust. He's a guy that I don't want near anywhere near any of my teams. Um, you want to give an, you want to give another one for us? What, who do you want, what do you want to do here? Should we move um, to a bust at quarterback for Mo? Sure. All right, Pyromaniac Mo. Um, Bortles. Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles. Um, That's also a stag party uh, quarterback. So... There's one thing that he he gives. He's a big uh, Zach uh, JJ Zacharyson kind of guy, uh, late round quarterback. You want to read? You want to read the? Uh, yeah, I'll read it. Do you want to read it or do you want me to? I I, I, I want to read it. I'll okay. Read it. Can I read it, it like in my in my Mo uh, yeah, radio yeah. voice? Yeah. Since 1984, a quarterback has tossed at least 35 touchdowns in a season on 31 different occasions. Of these, only 27 have had have data for a receptor. Repeatable. Repeatable season, i.e., four happened this year. So, of those 27, there have been only three follow-up seasons where more touchdowns were thrown. The average drop-off from those 27 was a total of 10 less touchdowns the next season. That's 
Data is pretty strong there. Yeah, so Bortles, we know, had 35 touchdowns. Came out of nowhere, maybe not nowhere. It, I think we, we, we thought it was in the cards potentially for him. But he got there. Now he's sitting there, and he's a, he's a sought-after player. Um, as of right now, his ADP, is he's at 8. For the he's he's at number eight for quarterbacks. Think about that deep position. So, Bortles is he going to come down ten? Is he going to be a twenty-five touchdown guy after they draft Ivory and they still have T.J. Yeldon? Um, draft well, trade for trade. Uh, for, yeah, for, sign. sign, sign, sign Ivory. I want to know what what uh, Ivory's uh, ADP is as well. He's, so he's, I think that it's definitely going to come down because of Ivory. I mean, as long as Ivory stays healthy. You Yeldon gave you nothing. Twenty-seven. I like his value. Yeah, I like his value. Seventy-fourth overall, because he's a guy who's going to get all of the carries there. You know, because Yeldon proved that. You know what? You want know much? You proved to us, T.J. Yeldon. You proved so much that we went out and spent huge money on Chris Ivory when other running backs were getting pittance of money to sign elsewhere. Ivory's the guy that cashed oh, in I probably agree. the best out of anybody. I agree. So. Um, I think they're gonna. I think they're still gonna use a, 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 a tandem of them. I think. I think Yeldon will get a lot of carries, but I think the, the goal line goes to Ivory. But we're talking about Bortles, the two 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 headed monster. Instead of a, a guy in Yeldon that last year kept on getting banged up a little bit, had a couple of nice games, had an overall pretty. Here's nice why he fr- comes down for year, him as well. The defense there is getting better. Yeah, they're going to stay in games more. If they're able to stay in games more, then that's going to mean that you're not uh, just throwing the ball uh, every every single time. You know, just chucking it because you're down by 14, 17 points. Did you hear about today's quarter. news? Though? About what? Uh, Ramsey, slightly torn meniscus today. Hurt Ramsey got hurt. Number five pick overall. So we're talking about how their defense is better. The guy that I thought was like probably the number that's, one. That's he a, got hurt today. That's a jinx. They lost their, their Fowler, yeah, Fowler last, last year, year. The, the the first round pick. Yeah, so I guess got hurt. they're I, just on. A, it's uh, slightly, so they're not too. They're not overly. But every first round defensive draft pick we make, we just make them red shirt a year with an injury, and then we bring there's them players. In. There's pundits out there that are like. Is this is this already happening? And like now that he got signed to fifth overall, looks like oh hey I've gotten there taking. They look at it and there's a slight tear in it, but they've known this for eight months or six months, and they're just like can't say this or you're gonna be just like right. your teammate Jack. <laughs> But yeah, that's scary. So they just get these guys definitely their defense is better, their offense is better, everything's better. But Bortles. He's not going to repeat. It's, it's going to be, gonna be you one know of those. what? It's going to be really tough. I mean, look about it. Think about it. Not many guys are the guys that are throwing 35, 40 touchdowns, you know. But can he be? Yeah, I, I still could make an argument that he can. You know, I I don't know that I believe in. I, I think that he'll be overdrafted. I think he's more of a disappointment than a bust to me. Okay. I think that he's, I, you know, I he's being that. drafted eighth overall. Um, I still think he has a definite, absolute possibility, potential to be a top ten quarterback, if not even close to the top five. So, but I could see him falling back to number 14, 12 or 14 as well. I agree with that. Let's let's give some of the bullet points for Mo, and we'll go on to the next player. So, obviously, the stat from JJ um, is the reason why he doesn't like him. Tied for most TD attempts in the red zone. Um, that's not going to be repeatable, he thinks. Improved ground game with the addition of Ivory, which we talked about. Um... And then there's the D, which is improved, uh, but they will have less overall scoring, not as pass-heavy of a game script, and lots of garbage time last year. Uh, they'll have, he'll have a lot less garbage time. So Bortles, this is a guy where disappointment, bust, whatever it is, he's the expectations for you is don't think that he's going to improve on and have a better season um, 
better season than what you uh, what happened last year. Uh, let's do one more for Mo, um, and that's going to be uh, Delaney Walker at the tight end position. He thinks uh, whether, you know, Buster or, or disappointment, uh, he didn't really break it out. He just listed some dudes. So we'll call these guys busts, I suppose. Delaney Walker. The bull- I don't know. you got to hedge the bet. Call them disappointments. <laughs> no, that's unfair. Well, <laughs> and it's not on us anyways. This is on um, Pyromaniac Mo. Um, so I take no responsibility for the words that are being spoken <laughs> out of my mouth at this time. <laughs> uh, Delaney Walker, I think he had the most catches ever for a tight end in a season. How can that be repeatable? Not uh, lots of additions to the offense is one of his bullet points. Um, two monster backs now, so they they grabbed uh, they trade for yeah, Demarco Henry. and then they and then they draft Henry. So now they've got Mo- the red zone is going to fall because uh, basically that it, it, it'll take away Delaney at seventeen red zone looks last year. That'll be less with that running back now. According to Roto World, he's never had more than one hundred and five targets in a season. Last year he had one hundred and thirty three. This on, now, has got now, aggression now, written all over it. Let's remember when you say that he hasn't had this many a season, the sample size is ten years in the league. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was a backup to Vernon Davis forever in yeah. San Francisco, getting no action. Val Verde. Oh, happy learned how to putt. Uh-oh. A <laughs> uh, couple other things. God, by the way, I'm just swallowing pouring my beer here because I am thirsty and it is Friday night. I'm drinking um, an Avery Brewery. I've done it before on the show out of Boulder, Colorado. Go Buffs. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it's a really good time. I'm drinking the India Pale Ale and uh, their tagline is Hot Freaks Unite. And this is uh, one of my favorite beers. I, I gotta be honest, I came I was pointed in the direction of this probably about three months ago and it's just got the perfect balance of that citrusy stuff without going too grapefruity on me. And it's not too hoppy, so it doesn't have that bite after. It is a, it is a great beer, and it's start, I'm starting to see it a lot more around and around uh, Chicago. So tonight I'm drinking Avery, and I'll probably plow through this six-pack, and because it's Friday, I'm going to probably edit the show and do a little more work after you split, and I'll probably knock back a couple Revolution Fist Cities. So I'm drinking, uh, well, I'm drinking the uh, Empty the Refrigerator you're drinking tonight. <laughs> so my first beer of the evening is was the, I, I started with, my favorites of, of, of these so the lovely Deschutes Brewery and uh, maker the, of my fresh squeezed inversion IPA India Pale Ale a fantastic fantastic beer they're out of Portland Oregon and uh, then I, I'm, I'm staying out there uh, with uh, Anchor Brewing and go west I say IPA. That's their new one that they came out with in the last few months in bottle regularly. That's like their their citrusy one. And then the next one. The is next one beer that I will open longer. will be an Anchor Brewing, just the straight old original Anchor IPA. And then I will follow that up with a Hop Thesis. Wow. And then if I, uh, you're surprised I didn't drink it. I am surprised. <laughs> I did not expect to see that there. And if I if I end up getting to number six, I have two um, jukebox uh, black uh, India Pale Ales, and that's Revolution Brewery. Revolution here. I've had that one now. With the one other, the other one that's been going out now that Revolution has, that's the jukebox hero. 
the other one is the uh, oh shit, what's the other one that I was drinking the other night? It's so good. Uh, but Revolution Brewery, Chicago Brewery, those guys are just friggin' killing it. We love it. We like to show you guys, tell you guys what we're drinking. We love the microbrewing um, ecosystem. You know, we've been sponsored by uh, by by the good old by the good old folks at Founders. Mo's friends with them, and they brought them in the mix. So we're always we're always down with Founders. Um, and Mo's always pushing that on the Pyro Podcast light. Me and Houdini bounce around a bit more. All right, let me let me let me throw one of mine out here again. Then I just want to do one thing while you're coming up with that, and just to say like a lot of guys, oh, yeah. just to show how we're we don't tow you know a company line and say hey it's Pyromaniac.com. Here's our agenda and this is what we're doing. Like a lot of guys, I'm high on. You know, other players are calling us buster disappointments. And the same vice versa. I'm looking at one guy right now that I was about to name off of OC. And in all honesty for me, and is it a risky pick? And could it blow up in my face big time? And we'll do yours. Yep. But, uh, you know, Doriel Green Beckham, yeah. But I love his upside. Oh, so. It's perfect that you're going there because I was, my guy's also on the team. So basically, okay, I'm, so we'll I'm do saying some Titans. It's, it's Titans because I'm saying DeMarco Murray. So and we just we just did the lane walker. walker. So let, let me let, you can run through the whole thing. Um, I think that Doriel Green Beckham out of out of the three guys that we're talking about here, I think has the best upside of everybody. I think that Demarco had the best upside uh, when he was coming in until they drafted Derrick Henry, and I think that um, you know Henry's going to push him a lot, and I think that you know it's going to be one of those things where you know I don't know that the Titans are competing for a title right now and I think that they didn't want if they knew that they were they knew that they were going to have a boatload of draft picks because they knew that they were trading back so I think that probably Derek Henry was a guy that they had on their boards anyway with their I don't know what they were having it was like six picks in the first uh, 45 or something yeah. like that so I mean the, you know if, they, if you put the target on him that way and you said okay we're we, we bringing in Murray uh, because we don't want to put the ultimate pressure on this guy but we want to develop him into being the guy um, I just see a dual tandem there. I just see... You know how this works. Have you ever been a dual partner uh, in fantasy football team with someone? It sucks. So, but this is what happens. There's one camp within the Titans that are like, we can get DeMarco Murray right now for nothing. Mm-hmm. We can do, And there's one guy, there's a whole other group that's like, but we, I, we love Derrick Henry, the drafts in a month, we can get drafted. And we're basically like, let's get DeMarco Murray, and we're still going to get Derrick Henry. And it's basically... Win-win. All right. And that's what happened. They were like, they knew the running back position when he was going to slide. They knew they were going to be able to get him where they want. And they were able to literally get DeMarco Murray, the leading rusher in the league two years ago. But the other and a thing good was, guy, a good player that was happy to get, the, that wanted to get the hell out of Dodgers. But then they lied to him. It's per. Well, hey, I'm not talking about DeMarco Murray. I'm talking about the situation. I know, but they DeMarco's lied to DeMarco's the one guy. You're going to be the guy. We're going to give you all the bulk of the carries, and then boom, what do we do? We go and we draft Derrick Henry really high. So, but maybe that's be- maybe that's best, even for him. Maybe he's like, nice, dude. I want 18 carries. I don't. He's no, got the money. He got the money. I know, but you know what? He's a competitor. He wants the ball. He wants to reestablish his name. He wants to make it so that otherwise, because you know what's going to happen otherwise. We're going to say, well, you know what? DeMarco Murray, he really wasn't anything once he left Dallas and he left that offensive line. And that was the thing that made DeMarco who he was. It really wasn't him. You know what it was? There was this, in Dallas, there's this this spray tan place that that, that was was much better than the spray tan places in, uh, in Philadelphia. You jackass! 
It's more fun being a jackass when it's one on one. It's kind of like we're stuck on an island together. There's no one else to. There's no. There's no one else to, to, to back us out. Like I gotta take a piss right now, and I'm gonna. So get ready to hold down the fort for a bit. All right. Well, go ahead. Why don't you just go ahead and do it, and I'll, I'll hold down the fort. So who am I? I'll, I'll talk about somebody. Go ahead. Go nuts. All, All right. right. Get out of here. Hello. Hello for dollar. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to a guy who I think that uh, at least you and me agree on. So I don't have to worry about uh, any any dissension here uh, while uh, while I say it. Jeremy Langford. We have his uh, a Chicago Bear who's gonna be a disappointment. You know, and here's another guy that you know looked like he was primed to uh, have a major role this year. Uh, be a guy that uh, uh, was really gonna get a lot more carries and a, and a lot more love when it when it came to uh, uh, to draft position and. Um, you know, you, you see Matt Forte go in the offseason. This is a guy who, as a rookie, got 148 rushing attempts. So they definitely fed him the ball as a rookie and gave him opportunities. And that all started basically in week seven. So <laughs> he had double-digit carries in every game except for the final game of the season from week seven on. And, you know, when, when you see his production, too, um, it, it was decent production, but he, but he only... I think this is why the Bears got scared, and this is why you should be scared. This is the one stat that scares me more than any when I look at Jeremy Langford. 3.6 yards per carry. So, you know, he had that ridiculous game, uh, what was it, against San Diego, where he had the uh, the touchdown, 72 rushing yards and a touchdown, but it was it was the uh, receiving. He had uh, three catches for 70 yards uh, receiving and made that huge other play. So I, I look at Langford, and I just I, – I seriously – well, we and like the fact that the fact that they, they, that they draft Howard and Howard became such a value. And I was a guy who I was so high on, uh, but it, it, uh, going into depending on where he was going to go in for my my fantasy draft that I had, I had a choice to draft Jordan Howard as well, uh, and I ended up taking Paul Perkins uh, because I like the situation better for uh, for him in New York than that I do here for Howard. I think Howard's going to be the guy that's just not going to get the bulk of carries. I think they're each going to be. Such a timeshare into each other, and I think that Howard, where is going to be the much better value because he's going to be the guy that's going to felch all those damn touchdowns. Felch, felch, yeah. Oh, you like to go back to the, uh, from uh, look it up from, from Langford. Barf in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> we always throw out these turns. I figured out my, why don't I throw out one for once? Uh, one of my favorite terms was I don't know if they still have the same uh, definition for it was a quimby. Remember a quimby? No. Mayor Quimby? No, a guy who sucks farts out of dead chickens. Oh my god, that's yeah. really a thing. That was a thing. I got over my my Quimby my Quimby stage. <laughs> it was it was tough. A lot of a lot of sessions with my therapist, but I'm oh, I'm, I'm over it now. Cold tur- cold turkey. I was giving you Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, gross. Gross. Lucky. I did a cold cold turkey, <laughs> not cold chicken. Oh. Uh, hey. Um. Well, I the one thing I'll say about that. Jackass. Yes. <laughs> I like the way Kadeem Carey plays. I think again we've got. Uh, he's a loser too, though, because he. I, I'm not saying. I'm saying it's he, it's, it's, he, he it's, 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 it's into the situation right. for for Langford, and I will just say. I agree. I agree. I, I will just say on our mock draft, I think I'd grab Langford in one league. It was like the drop off was so significant that I overreached for Langford, which was really stupid because I. It was, in our, it was in our. It was in our mock. Yeah. Our mock, and I, I I'll just tell you that the mocks that I did in, in, in that podcast last week. Um, it, just my teams are not. I wasn't happy with them, but at the same time, I'm not bummed out about. It. That's why you do mocks now. 
It's like the reason why we do mocks for that show, and I'm doing mocks on a, starting now on a regular basis. If you, it's so that you're making these shitty mistakes, drafting these crappy teams, and knowing what you love and don't now instead of in when you're on the actual clock at the end of August or early September. Now, depending on where you went to college, you'll understand this from one one side or the other. Why do you think that they have practice SATs and ACTs? Because if you didn't do a practice one, you probably went to a, a pretty shitty college. It's true. Or didn't get into as good a college as you could have got into if you would have just taken... Hey, I don't test well. What are you... <laughs> you're, you're really... <laughs> uh, here's what I'll say. It's the same with sex. Well, I have no kids. I, I, I have it. no kids and you have no kids. But I've done a lot of practice. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I, I did the cardinal rule. I called people stupid, right? So yeah. While you're pointing at While I'm pointing. And, and <laughs> it wasn't even a caller that called in. <laughs> Which we're going to actually uh, have to get to. We're going to have to do a show. We're, that's what we'll do. One time, may, even if it's just me and you, we'll do a show that's just the call-in show. And we'll do it on the, the blog it'll talk a, radio platform. It'll be a blab, just, though. It'll have we, to be a blab so that people can just like... No, we can do... Now oh, blog no, talk radio is a call-in number. So and I want to give a shout-out to blog talk radio. That's our new platform. We moved the show over there. Really liking Pod Vader's been great. Amy uh, Domestico is awesome, and I'm just gonna say, man, I, they're they're working on their product. They're working on some of their um, some of the issues they have there. But overall, I'm I'm really liking where where they're taking the product. So shout out to Blog Talk Radio if you're listening to us because you saw us on the homepage and you never knew about our show until Blog Talk Radio brought us in. Amen. We're glad you're here. If you've been with us forever, check out some of the other shows. I know Pro Football Focus's shows on Blog Talk Radio, but nice nice platform. Absolutely. Love it. And, and the other thing I'll say, too, if you're new to us as well, you mentioned that we said we had version three of our draft kit coming out. If you buy our draft kit, you only every time you once you buy it, you yeah. get every single version. So, look, we're here in May and we already have our third version of this year's draft kit. And so each time it just adds layers and more layers of information. It's pretty damn awesome. Almost as good as a Valverde. I'm stupid. You're smart. I was wrong, you were right. You're the best, I'm the worst. Uh, you're very good looking, I'm not attractive. All right. As long as you're willing to admit that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's uh, it, the draft kit. Check it out, 20 bucks. You'll get every version. The, the people that have already bought it... Um, you will be getting it sent to you automatically uh, later this week or next week, um, and you're fired up for that. Um, obviously, a new version of our collective tiers each time, a new version of our um, our individual tiers each time. A uh, lot more, a uh, lot more. And, and this is the great part about those tiers. That we were mentioning we earlier as we're going through this. We don't agree on yeah. everything, yeah. and that's what makes why we're so good at what we do because it's a mind share and it's it's. You got people are making compelling arguments to other people. I'll tell you what, I have my tears always set, and then I, I come in and I'll hear things that Mo has to say, things that you have to say, things that Stags has to say, or what Dog says, or or OC or anybody, and it's like, maybe I'm thinking about this wrong. And then all of a sudden, I'm adjusting my tears, and it's like, Perfect. and 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 what happens is is that we don't have where we have our disagreements. We don't have across the board where. Half of our guys have a guy at number number fourteen, and the other half have him at number thirty-five. No. We're all probably within anywhere from like okay, maybe now it's like 
26 to, to 30 to 34, you know, and it, 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 because, because we all become better and more well-rounded from the, the countering opinions. And it's, yeah, and it's funny that we will, I thinking about last off season and the teams we had for, for during the season, like I'll disagree with you or Stags a lot on a player. And then finally I just be like, all right, this guy's not backing down. Stag stag party last last year with with you know uh, let's say Hopkins. All right, the guy friggin' loves Hopkins, and then when you're doing your final set of tears for going, be like, all right, I'm moving him up. Not you, I not because Stag said so, but it's just he's had made some compelling arguments. I'm just uh, grading him against Southern, and then in, in the season you're like week two, and like a guy blows up, and it's too like with me and Eifert. I know I, I, that was my guy for you guys last year. It's like stag party, and you nod to him, you're like. Amen, dude. We argued a lot, but I'm so glad AJ Green and, or, and, 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 and more uh, so uh, Hopkins were my guys from a couple Stag, years actually. ago when it was Deshaun Jackson had that huge breakout year. Yeah, I was the guy standing wrong. alone. I'm going, no, I don't. You guys had him like 15 spots yeah. lower. I'm like, yeah. you're wrong, you're wrong. And yeah. like, we'll no. see. And then there, but it happens, and and, and it, but it but it makes you change because you have to come up with compelling arguments. Yeah. If you're not showing value to somebody in any walk of life or whatever you're doing. Yeah. What, what's the point? So no well, one else, else, unless, you, unless we're coming out with, with an actual argument and a compelling value to say, yeah, that makes sense to me. Well, I hope I do it uh, well enough sometimes. I know I make some great picks. I make ballsy picks. Sometimes it uh, blows up my face, but sometimes it is the value pick of the century. Uh, I was the Jimmy Graham guy ages ago before it happened. I was the Colin Kaepernick guy before it happened. I was the Tebow guy. Last year I was the Eifert guy. But sometimes I don't give you value. I just give you Val Verdes. Yeah! Good shot. Time. Hey, it is about time. I mean, I just couldn't get the ball in the hole. I wanted to, but I just couldn't do it. That's <laughs> a good one right there. Sometimes he hits the nail right on the head. It's about time, man. I wanted to get it. I wanted to. All right, well, let's move on to that next guy we were talking about on the same team, Titans. And then I say after this we don't talk about it anymore, Broncos or Titans. <laughs> um, <laughs> our our our, our timeshare has been uh, taken in film. Fair enough, Derek. I agree. Doriel uh, Green Beckham, um, OC thinks he's a bust. We'll mention it here as a bust. What's his, what's his ADP? I it's think beautiful. That, it is beautiful. This is the forty-one. 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 And he's, he's hundred. He's a hundred and first pick. At forty-one. So this is where forty-one. I think you have to say that you. Yeah, he's an absolute value because you're not drafting him as a starter in in a three wide receiver league. You're not drafting him as a starter. So in a two wide receiver with a flex, this is a guy who's like the second or third guy on your bench. So we play both sides of the coin here. I want to give. Uh, I want to make sure that we give OC his due because he's got some points. He's never been a fan, so that's probably the first <laughs> off. Uh, but uh, two new top-tier rushers. that uh, We talked about that across all these positions. And Mariota's not known for his high-passing uh, games just yet. Mm-hmm. And those are, those are some good points, ones that we, 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 can, we can agree with. But, again, value is so crucial. This is a guy that five years ago... Let's give after this is going to be his third year, I think, in the league. Yes. Five years ago, so let's say six, five years ago, he was the number one mm-hmm. recruit out of high school. Maybe six years ago, number one recruit at the position when he went to Missouri. Freak, they were calling him the next Randy Moss. 
had the same sort of Randy Moss off the field issues in a different way. Right. I think he dragged his girlfriend down some stairs mm-hmm. and did some sort of domestic. This is a guy that since then he got cut from the team. Missouri dropped him like a bag of rocks. He had to sit out a season, went to the Sooners with Stoops. From what I'm hearing, ever since then, Although I do think that his last season he just didn't even play and then he got drafted. But yeah, ever since, <laughs> he's learned a lot of lessons in the same way Moss did, where it's like, hey, this isn't a bad person. Uh, he wants to be a pro. And it seems like since he's been, since someone gave him that shot. No, he's, he's, he's taken on. He's, he, he, he also he's dedicated. Fell, he fell hard on, on drafting oh, yeah. where he would have gone. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, humbled. Uh, you know, it's one of those things. You think that your sheer talent alone is going to get you there. I'm still going to be a number one draft pick. Doesn't matter if I sat on you. No, you fell because yeah. the character issues matter. And, and so he's paying off because he was a value for them, and now he's a value for for everyone. Now I don't know where you have him, but I have him as my 37th wide receiver. Oh, I and but I but at the nice. same time, where I have him listed at 37, you're not going to believe what I got him at. 19. Wow. Okay. I, lo- I, I mean, I love the guy. No, no, but I, but I love him more than I know. I want to make, take him I want to make a point though, because where I have him, the guy who I have ahead of him, Larry Fitzgerald, I would draft. I, I just know. I, I believe that Larry Fitzgerald probably has that. That that I have to give him that respect for where I'm yeah. where I'm ranking him. But when you're but on I the know clock, when I'm on the clock, I will draft Doriel Green over him. I have uh, Crabtree ahead of and him, and your tears will be I have, different. I have Crabtree then. ahead of him. Who Crabtree's a solid guy and, and everything else, but I would rather take the upside because if I'm getting him at this point. Which is meaning that I'm drafting him as a backup wide receiver. I, I'm, I'm going to take the upside guy. So I take him over him. I take him over Deshaun Jackson, who I have higher than him. Uh, I don't take him over Kevin White, who I have higher than him, because I also believe in that upside as well. I got John Brown's there. I'll take him over. I might even take him over John Brown. I'm taking over. I've got White one ahead of him at at, uh, at, at 18, which is again super high. I know that those two players I have higher than anybody. I just know that, and they, they maybe they come back down to earth. But I have them higher, one higher than one of your boys, who I love as well, uh, more so in the TYR Jarvis. Oh, Jarvis! No, I, I'm I'm fine with that because Jarvis. Where do I have Jarvis? Uh, I got him pretty high, so I, I have Jarvis at 1917. The, the, here's the thing with, with Landry that, that is that is that is tough is that he's not a guy that catches a ton of touchdowns. Yeah. But if he adds the touchdowns to his game, then all of a sudden he goes through the roof. And who's not to say that Devonte Parker, who we all I, 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 we're all high on him, but I mean his his ADP is is now starting to to, to hurt his value as well. Absolutely. That you're not going to get the, the sleeper steal out of him. But maybe all that uh, the attention that's going to get paid to him if he has a blow up game or two. Now Landry gets to get more opportunities down the road. One thing I love about Green Beckham, and we know that wide receiver position is better for injuries, not as likely as a running back. Um, but this guy's a beast. He's like, what is it, 6'5"? Yeah, it's this guy's body is like, he's a, if dog were here, he's got the body of the gods. Um, <laughs> so let's move on. We're not talking about Titans anymore. A lot of ups and, do- a lot of ups and downs. Excuse me, I got the hiccups. With that team, that's going to be tough for you now. Yeah, we'll, we'll be good. Uh, 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 wait, no, our, our record skipping. D- <laughs> d- 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 DJ, DJ, DD, Rex, Rex. Thanks for covering me, baby. Thanks Matt, for covering me. Matt, 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 Max Headroom here for you. I'm going to do one quick. We're going to do a bust for me. Uh, I drink Coke. Quick one, quick bust for Was me. Was he a Pepsi guy on it? Yeah, he's uh, Pepsi. Um, I'm kidding. Uh, Melvin Gordon. Quick bust. There's nothing more really to talk about other than... We're running away from him. You and I are running away from him. 
microfracture surgery that was under the radar. Whenever he, all of a sudden, like, oh, he had that surgery four months ago. Whenever that kind of comes out, never a good thing. It means everyone was scared shitless to mention it. It means the press or people in the know didn't even know about this or it would be out because everyone wants to get a... Uh, break a story. It means that literally they have been able to contain this thing, and like a, like Ebola or something, and it's it's never a good thing, never a good fucking thing. So for me, I'm just gonna say the guy last year, his quote last year was, "I was terrible as a rookie. I had a terrible rookie year. I was just terrible." If he was terrible as a rookie, healthy, coming off a microfracture surgery in his second year, how is this gonna be a good situation? And why, if you've taken this guy at the 16th overall in the 2015 draft, are you going to rush him back? Because this team is not going basically to the They're playoffs. not going anywhere. They might they're be, not going anywhere. They're, they're le- well, they might be going somewhere. Might be leaving yeah, San Diego. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, That's the only thing they got going for them. So the you, owner might be like, I don't. Well, no, the owner's going to move with them. Okay. So and yeah. if they're going to go to LA, right? And they're going to become the second team in LA. I hope they go to. The, I hope they go to St. Louis. I'm rooting for you, St. Louis. That'd be hilarious. I want you to get the Chargers. You deserve it. That would be hilarious. But if they end up going to LA, which would be more likely, the Raiders are going to end up going to to Vegas. Vegas. Uh, so it's like you know the triangle of hell. So um, <laughs> you have you you you'll definitely want to protect them. You wouldn't want to bring them back early because what's the point? What for the fans in San Diego who you're abandoning? Yeah. I mean, I mean, honestly, if, if you're and you really don't have a chance to win it this year, and it's unfortunate they're not going to have a chance to win for a few years now because you're you have about three more years left of good Philip Rivers. Antonio Gates is at the very end of his string. I was surprised Dog and let, let's move on. I was surprised Dog was so high on Gates. I know I'm not that job. high on Gates either. Where, where, I don't know where he's got him, but where do you have Antonio Gates? Because I have Gates sitting for me as I, I, my, I got it's, it's far. 14, 15. 14. I have him at 16. I got him at 16. 15. I got Witten ahead of him. Oh, you're, you're smoking crack on Witten. I, I know you hate Witten. I got him at 24. Hey, I it's just like him. I, I like know, him. It's just like, I think the, it's a Romo thing. The wheels are, I know, but the wheels fall off. He can't, he can't hardly run at all anymore. He does not have any breakaway from anybody anymore. Shay McClellan can cover him. Christian Jones can cover him. You know, horrible Bears hey, linebacker. Maybe, maybe I'm just rooting for him because the same thing happened to me. I used to be able to break away from people <laughs> in, the, in the ultimate Frisbee game on the court. Now my fat ass can't do shit. So, um, God bless you, Witten. You are you are a good man. So, um, But yeah, Gates a little low. So let's move on from that. I just wanted to mention the Melvin Gordon thing quick, quickly. If he's saying I was terrible as a rookie... Uh, just said microfracture surgery. What are your expectations? Be weary. It seems like everyone's like, oh, he's going to be fine. He's coming back. Microfracture surgery. Oh, he's young. He's young. He's just fresh out of college. Microfracture surgery. surgery. And it's going into your knee in 16, in 10 to 16 spots so that your bone marrow can create pus to get make it so your bone on bone is not moving. Well, how, this is not. This is and not. You can tell me all the things that yeah. I don't know. What Stag said, "Well, it, it, it's more for basketball." Than yeah. it, and that's you know explosiveness and jumping, sure. But you know what? Still, but you're still matter. cutting and, and, yeah. and lateral movements, and and the, there is jumping in football too. You're not hurtling over people. You're not. It, it's it's and it's it's an, an extreme contact sport. You're going to take hits on directly on that knee. Here's the question I'll ask you, listeners out there. You 
For those of you that have had surgery or have been lucky enough never to have any surgery or any serious health issue, Houdini, you're a cancer fucking survivor. You have seen your big ass scar. It's a fucking badass testament to what a survivor you are. Have you ever, listeners out there, had a drill put into your bone for any reason? If it, and if it's your clavicle or something like that, still sucks. But if it's your knee and you're a running back, what do you use to run your legs? This is not a good thing. It's be wary. And for some reason, with, the, with Melvin Gordon, everyone's like, oh, it's great. Instead of career year, beware. 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 Give me a guy. Um, and man, I, 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 I miss one of my favorite wrestlers. Coco. Beware. <laughs> Do you got one? Or should I, I got another one? I, I, I was going to throw out one uh, Moe's. Another okay. one for Moe. And, and, and I need you to give me his ADP, though. Okay. Uh, Mr. Doug Baldwin. The Baldwin. The Baldwin. It's actually, you'd be surprised. There is some value here, but... See, uh, that's what I was thinking. I have him at number 25. Where, where, where is his uh, actual ADP, though? Because that's... He's 21. 21. Okay. 46 overall. 40, he had, he had uh, 29... Here's, here's uh, from Mo. 29 total receiving touchdowns in his last five years. Nearly half... 14 came in last year alone. So notice the trend here. Mo, Mo is very into the touchdown dependency. Yep. And this is what happens, guys. If you find success for whatever one strategy that works better for you than another, then you're going to go to that one more often. Absolutely. And you know what? Touchdown dependency is one that is probably has a, a higher, uh, pr- higher predictive value of being correct. Uh, than other ones, right? You know, I always look, you know, because it, you never know with like the touches and things like that. But the ability of somebody to score, especially when you're talking 14 touchdowns in a season, to be able to come back and to replicate that in any way, you're talking about being a Jerry Rice. You're talking about doing something that only want, the only the, the goat, the greatest of all time, was able to do. Yeah. And or, or the running backs, and you can quote them back in the day, but that was back in the day when running backs got 25, it got 350 to 400 carries in a season. Yeah. And we're in the day that Devonta Freeman led the league last year with 254. So think about that. Yeah. So uh, anyway, I no no you're very it's it, that's your spot on there. There's no way he's going to live up to that draft. Now, we might find out this year that the rapport between a Wilson and a Doug Baldwin is severe. And he's going to be an elite player for a while. We'll but that still doesn't him. mean that you want him to be your wide receiver two and taking him in the fifth round in a 12-man league. No. It, it, the other thing, too, is that, you know, it, 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 as... as Mo was saying here, it's, regression is going to be normal as far as the touchdowns go. It's just not repeatable. You know, even when, remember it was Jordy Nelson had the huge year. Then what was it next year? It was James Jones the next year. It, was, it wasn't, you know, it, it moves and then, and then could they repeat it the next year? No, it falls off. It's yeah. just, it's, it's so hard to do. And he's a guy that before that had never had more than five touchdowns in a single season. Uh, 27 uh, receiving TDs in his five-year career. And then he did what he did last year. And you know what's funny? OC um, has him listed as well. OC repeated a number of guys. Um, but uh, hey, but here's the other point. Forty-four percent touchdown dependent on his stats. And but here's the other part Baldwin. too. He had seventy-eight catches last year. That's great, right? Um, but a thousand sixty-nine yards. And that's that's it's a respectable thirteen point seven yards per yeah. reception. But 
the touchdowns is what made it. Because if he becomes a 78 guy with 1,069 and eight, seven or eight touchdowns, you know, that's, you're talking about seven or eight touchdowns. Seven or eight touchdowns is 48 points in fantasy. 48 <laughs> fantasy points. So that's that becomes uh, three, what is that, three points per week over a 16 week season. Yeah. So, you know, over, it, that hurts you. That hurts you a lot. And, yeah. Have you ever owned Doug Baldwin on any of your teams? Never. Never have. Never have in my life. The guy that had him in our league last year, he went on that tear that was a top five, um, you know, five game stretch of in the history of wide receivers. Uh, in probably each of my leagues, I'm pretty sure, at least my two important leagues, he wasn't picked up until after the second yeah. one. He was so a- he only got like two real good weeks because people just were like, I don't buy this. Right. I'm not going to give up a lot. And finally it's like, another game? Okay, I got to do it. And then he's kept doing it for a couple more, but eh. and well, let's, let's, just let's, let's, The points that he got last year, a lot of them were on, on, the, bench. The, on the waiver wire. Or on the bench. Yeah. Because you had other things you just grab the guy. But, but here's the other thing, too. I think you and I are in the same boat. You know, prior to last season, and he didn't do that much. Of, okay, look, look at the difference in, it was all touchdowns. So look at the difference in receptions to, to yards, right? Now, he's a guy who has increased over the last three years. Three years ago, 2013, 50 catches, 778 yards. That's when you're an unknown and you have your, your breakout. 15.6 yards per catch. Right, and that was his um, five touchdown season. Then the year after, he got more targets. Got sixty six catches, eight hundred and twenty five yards, three touchdowns. Now we know the four team in the seventy eight and thousand sixty nine. But do you see him being a guy that's going to take that next step? I think this is we've reached a cap here. I don't think that Doug Baldwin's all of a sudden going to be going. Oh, we can extrapolate that to say that now next year he's going to be an eighty seven or an eighty eight catch guy with twelve hundred and fifty yards. Lockett going into his third, second year. Second year. Second year. Awesome. So you're not thinking that he's going to progress? And they re-signed Curse, which was, no one thought that was happening. Curse like, I'm not giving you a hometown discount. Uh, I'm not sticking around. Obviously, the market wasn't as hot for him out there. and You know, he's not a target or a, a big volume type of guy, but it'd be a lot better for Baldwin if he was gone. Um and, uh, yeah, I just think I, that the, Lockett thing the is... The Lockett thing is interesting. I think it works both ways, right? You can make an argument on, on either side of it because I can look at it this way and I can say, oh, it's bad for him. Tyler Lockett's going to uh, emerge and start to, uh, to, to to take away a lot of his targets. He's going to take away a lot of his effectiveness. But if Lockett is able to emerge early, then he's also going to take a lot of pressure off of Doug Baldwin where people are going to be paying so much, the defenders are going to be paying a lot more attention to Baldwin early that if Lockett is able to explode, all the, and this is the best part too, because here's what will happen. All the people who go out and they draft Doug Baldwin high, and then all of a sudden it's Lockett who's putting up all the points in the first six weeks for the most part, either putting up equal or more points up than him. And then all of a sudden the defenses are starting to now pay more attention to Lockett, and then Baldwin starts to come back again. All the people who draft Baldwin are either going to have dropped him, traded him, and then he's going to end up scoring the points for somebody else next year. It's going to happen. And Lockett's going pretty high too. He's not. He's a 30 He's a 35 ADP at wide receiver. Scary to me. Second year. I think I have Lockett at uh, 40. Yeah, I, I've got, I know I've got Lockett. I got him, I got him and uh, him and Tavon Austin uh, kind of locked at the hip 
in, in, in my rankings. Every time I, I switch around, and they, and they each move up or down, they each move together. But they've each I, been moving up. I've got Lockett at 43, Doug Baldwin at 41. Um, but let's move on. I, I think that that's the team. You know what? I was reading one thing today uh, from Bennett, who's got the biggest fucking mouth, that guy. Um, the, 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 the linebacker. The guy, oh, the, no, oh, the the guy from uh, Seattle. Guys, he's just the biggest mouth, biggest talker. Um, he was basically, he mentioned today that he was like, yeah, Beast Mode is, is retired for now. And I was like, what? And I started doing some searching. He made it seem like, yeah, he's focusing on the community and all that stuff. It just really sounded almost like, like, Beast Mode just wants to just, like, he wants to do what Jordan was able to do. He wants to do it with, like, a few players. Uh, where, it's hard to I'm, do that in football, though. I agree. I'm not saying it's a good move. But he just kind of wants to take a summer off. He just wants to do whatever he's going to do. But I think at some point, it, it, I have a feeling him and, him and Beast Mode, Ben and Beast Mode are good friends. It made me, just even hearing that, Rawls, who I'm very high on, moving that guy down. Because I could just see, week two, oh, Carroll got a call from Beast Mode, and he misses football, and he's got three more years, and he'll play it, he'll play it $7 million well, per season. Wouldn't you also worry and more that, that the, uh, uh, they drafted a couple running backs, too? Procise. Yeah, I mean, that, uh, that, that one's a little bit worrisome. It does, it, that worries me less. Uh, the thing that worries me the most is he's still injured. He's not practicing. He's not mm. doing the. Eight. Rawls is like they're like he'll be ready for uh, for pre training, uh, training camp. camp. Yeah, Whenever that's going on, and I've got I've got right now, and then we'll, let's move. I on. got him high. I got. I, I got he him. might be the guy that I moved up being our disappointment. Yeah, I've got him at twelve, but you know, literally last tiers I had him at like four or five. I have him at eight. Yeah, I'm moving him down because he's not playing. He's not practicing. It's like, oh, he looks great. He's ahead of schedule. All right, let's move on because we do have a number of players and Houdini. This is fun. We're yeah. we're deep we're deep into it, but uh, let's 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 move let's move so we can talk about some players and not spend as much right. time. And, on and, and Go I'm, gonna, for I'm it. gonna I'm gonna no I'm, I need to take a bathroom break myself. Okay, so I can run. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a little bit of a head start though, so you get get time to no, get I'm your good. thoughts I can together. Run with it. No. I can shoot the shit with my cell phone. up as a point of uh, disappointment as a grouping and it comes back to backfields and I think that sometimes when you've got so many players that can get fed the ball can get touches can get looks can get the targets you just need to be worried in general that if you're taking one of those guys okay I've got one guy and now there's a there's a there's a pie and if there's three guys getting, uh, if there's three guys in the pie, there's going to be a lot less action there. Um, Cleveland Browns, that backfield, it's worrisome. You got Duke, who I kind of like. You got Crowell, who I kind of like. You got this coach speak uh, from Hughes saying uh, this is the, one of the best talented backfields around. I kind of like that too. But, 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 no, I was just doing. I was doing. I was doing that. But that hurts. So if, they, if, he, if he's saying backfield, now if you're saying Duke Johnson's one of the best running backs I've ever been around, 
All right, Duke Johnson. Here's, I'm fired here's up. Kind of thing. But he's saying these guys collectively. We're I like some. Duke Johnson, but at the same time, I worry with Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson likes to run the ball more. Yeah. Not that he Not, likes to run. Use the running backs more. And if you and, are, and if you are Johnson's out of the backfield catching, he's right. more of a, he's more of a of a of a PPR aspect. And guy. remember, he's more of a so he's more of the Giovanni Bernard yeah, aspect. That's now, exactly it. It's now, Gio. and remember, now here's the thing: that you, let, let's dial back Giovanni Bernard because you can say, well, well, but look, when Giovanni came out, he he was it was all this that and the other thing. Yeah, because he had the law firm Ben Jarvis Green Ellis who couldn't run worth a shit next to him, <laughs> and all of a sudden he became the darling. Then they draft Jeremy. Hill, and all of a sudden, Jeremy Hill is the guy that then steps up, and then you have this last year where they both kind of they both completely disappointed. So, and that got Hugh Jackson a new job as a head coach. I agree. So, Cleveland, <laughs> maybe you hedge your bet because maybe neither of those guys are going too high, and you take both of them. And if one of them gets hurt, there's a lot of opportunity for the other. But it seems like a crowded backfield. So, so I'll, give me, I'll give you another yeah. one. How about the Baltimore Ravens? Trubs. You know, you have. Um, <laughs> can I say? Can I say before you? People that are going, that are drafting for set, and I, I'll look at his. I don't worry. But people that are like going, I, I kind of, I kind of have to laugh. I think that for set right now, in my opinion, is like he's the, the guy worst he's draft the pick you could yeah. ever, ever make, and he is moved down from last year, but still thirty five. He's going higher than a Danny Woodhead. And, and here's the scary thing: you have Javorius Allen, who was starting to come come up, and and like everyone him. was getting was getting on his bandwagon. And then what do they do in the draft? Oh, we're going to sign uh, on, a, on a Louisiana Tech Kenneth Dixon, a badass dude, badass dude, a badass top five, gonna... top five talent wise at the position coming out of college. So you're looking look at the Justin Forsett. He's the guy that's going to you got to have the what's his his ADP because he's the guy that I you should be you. drafting. I just told you. Can, can, oh, Dixon. 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 Okay. Because you're going to overpay it for... 52. 52. Go for him. You, you, you know, you got you got Forsett, who has been a journeyman. Gone, gone around, had the one big year, and then he had the injury last year, and he really was not producing before uh, the injury either. He had, like, I think one one good game, maybe maybe one and a half. Listen, can I, can I cut that for a minute? What we were talking about here... Is what we were talking about. Fantasy pros, ADP. For a set, Baltimore Ravens running back, 35. Uh, Javoris Buck Allen, Baltimore Ravens running back, 10 slots lower at 45. So 35, 45. And, 51. and then now we're going to Kenneth Dixon at 52. 52. So therein, we've got... Three running backs on the same team, one that's a rookie, one that's in a second player, and one that's ancient and really only had one good year two years ago, in within 15 points of each other. That is... Why don't you want any of those people? You don't. You don't. Now, here's another one that I'll throw out there that we didn't have on the list. Okay? What about Dallas? And I, I know we have to talk about Ezekiel Elliott, but you talk about... What do they have behind him? There is security back there. Yeah. That if this is another reason why I don't like Ezekiel yeah. Elliott this year, because Dallas believes, as they believe every year, that they have a chance to compete for the division and a chance to compete for a title. It's Super Bowl or bust for that team, and they're always mind. every year. And so, but with all the talent that you have, year. if Ezekiel Elliott falters, you have Alfred Morris, who they signed. Who thought was going to be like, wow, I just walked into the most perfect situation in the world until Ezekiel Elliott fell into yeah. the lap of the, of the Cowboys and decided to go that route. 
That's a guy I think his Bosa first got, three seasons. Because Bosa got taken. They might have taken Bosa. You never know. So they had, I think that his first three seasons, he had 1,000 yards. 1,000 yards. Didn't last year, but probably would have if he had gotten the carries. And last year, the other guy, uh, d- d- uh, McFadden, Darren McFadden, that, had 1,000 yards. That's the point. So, and, and McFadden. And he's uh, had another season where he had 1,000 yards and was a fourth overall pick at running back position. And Ezekiel Elliott is kind of a combination of those two guys. Those two guys are you have one guy who's a real runner, one guy who's a runner and a receiver, and one guy who's what? a plotter, one guy who's like a, a, an absolute explosive Elijah. guy, McFadden. And Ezekiel Elliott, is, as you said, is that kind of all around back, just kind of a. A melding of yeah. all those talents. Well, but this is the thing that worries me. Why would you have spent the money on Alfred Morris in the offseason? This is another reason why I, I, I will. Because they, they only gave him. He's got like a four million dollar. I understand. Okay, it's fine. It's nothing. But you bring Jerry your guy Jones in there. like, yeah, I'll send that piece of crap, piece of pottery from Picasso down in the back. Uh, but, he, but he's also a Razorback, so he loves Darren McFadden. So yep. you know that he's going to he's going to be involved. My point is this. You didn't bring him in because you didn't want him to be any part of this offense, and he's a guy who's been a very productive running back in the NFL, Alfred Morris. So I don't see him as being like one of those guys that like teams have signed on that all of a sudden just becomes like a backup, nothing, this, that, or the other thing. Like, <clears throat> you know, uh, an afterthought, uh, um, like when the Bears signed. He's a great um, player. Yeah, he's a great player. He's good. I hope they trade him because I feel bad for him. He's saying all the right things. like, this is where I should be. He probably knows. He's like, God... He's gonna Zeke Elliott's gonna get. Um, he's got a better chance. Gonna happen, and then Darren McFadden's gonna be. Uh, what's our pyro? What's our pyro pro character for him? Run DMP. Run DMP. Not run DMC. Did not play. So I think he just kind of knows. Like I'm here for a reason, and lowered above. Um, let's let me do one last one on this, and that's one that you brought up when our pre-show yeah. talk, and that's Detroit. And that's what that's what Jaquil J- uh, with Bell being out of the mix. Who's been, how, how do you pronounce it? Jaquil, Jaquil, Jaquan, I got Booker's. All these names. It's tough. The joke's on you. Yeah, the joke, joke Bell being <laughs> gone. <laughs> it's on me all the time. Um, I'm wearing a joke strap right now as I as I do the, record this show. But he's, yes, he's gone, and they're still with Zenner, still with um, Abdullah. Still with uh, who else is uh, is going on on that team right now? Uh, Theo Riddick. Riddick. Oh my God, PPR guy who had the, he had the most catches of any running back last year. I mean, that is another. I mean, how much? What that team Wait, needs it's not to a do? Good team. They it's just not need, a good yeah, team. It's not a good team. They just need to do th- all three of them in the backfield and do like the T and just dunk it, hand it off, throw it. Let's move on. Let me put it this way. Uh, I, I, the, the, my statement for what you should do if you draft any of these running backs is, is what uh, my, uh, my little Valverde uh, audio quote will be here. Valverde! And I screwed it up! Hit the wrong thing when you got the two people. Hey, if I saw myself in clothes like those, I'd have to kick my own ass. <laughs> Don't draft them. Don't do it. It's trouble. But I like that addition to Dallas. And like I said, Ezekiel will probably move down and down, but but Dallas is the only one that actually has all good running backs. The other ones are ones that have like three mediocre. You don't know exactly where they're going to be running backs. But also, Dallas has got the great schedule this year and has the best offensive line and actually has some sort of offensive passing attack. True. 
<laughs> I mean, when I, you're talking about Cleveland, it's like RJ Coleman. This is this is the point though for for anyone that's really wanting to thinks about dra- drafting Ezekiel Elliott in the first round. If Jerry Jones is smart, which he is to a point, and Garrett's going to be smart about it with all the veterans and everything that they have on that team and how they're poised to do this, they don't want to burn out Ezekiel Elliott. That's why you have a Darren McFadden who is a thousand yard rusher, an Alfred Morris who is a thousand yard rusher, and each of these guys are going to get touches, and it's going to make Ezekiel Elliott about where I have him. It's around the 14th running back. That's pretty much where you should be holding value to him. So if you listen to us, you probably won't have him on your team this year. <laughs> um, all right, I'm going to do a disappointment. And I think it might range into bust just because I'm just not sold on them. We've been on the show forever. Um, we've been on the show forever, and I've had a couple people, I think, I don't think you as much as maybe Stags. Dogmatic has definitely been high on him for whatever reason. Ladarius Green going to the Steelers. <sighs> this guy to me, I am not sold. He's already saying, oh, I got to bulk up to do that Heath Miller. Let me give you some stats here. So he signed it. Uh, he signed a twenty million dollar five year deal. Okay, it's not that much money, but it's, it's, well, for, it's for doing nothing. Tight end money, that's pretty good. Yeah, for, and for doing nothing. So Heath Miller's gone. He's the replacement. He in four years in the league with San Diego and a lot of games with with the, a good quarterback, games, with a great quarterback in a pat in a tight end friendly system. Although at granted, San Diego. he's not the starter there. But how many games has Gates missed over this those is four true years? Too. This a is lot. True. He had a lot of opportunity to do stuff. Four years, seven touchdowns. Well, and, he had, and that's twenty-six games started. Twenty-six games started, seven touchdowns. So he's a more of a vertical threat, which is obviously going to be good when you've got you know um, uh, what's his butt, dumbass uh, gone. Martavis. Martavis Bryant. Bryant, one of my favorite players, but I just fucking hate it when my favorite players are idiots. Um, but so if that's the game he's gonna play, if he's gonna just say if they're gonna try and get him on isolation with uh, linebackers, and that's the that's the way they're playing it, kind of that old Gronkowski thing, amen. Then maybe I'll be eating crow. But this guy's never had over thirty-seven catches in a season in his career. I know. I he's know. never had thirty-seven catches. Do you know how many times that? Heath Miller's had less than 37 catches. It's like three of his 11 seasons. Um, He's never had in a career in a season over 450 yards in a season. Just, I'll move on. We don't need to talk about it too much. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're betting on something that's never been seen. In 47 games, he is still looking for his first 100-yard game. He's only had two games with more than 80 yards. I mean, why are Never why is everyone fired up about this? Right. How did how yeah, did I, everyone? Here's what here's what it is. Uh, let me. Uh, I'll, no, no, go. I want to break it down so this we're gonna we're gonna break the myth for you so you can get off of the idea that you're gonna be drafting with Darius Green is because they're saying, oh, well, Martavis Bryant is gone, Heath Miller is gone, so uh, they need to have somebody else that's explosive in the offense. Well, no, what's going to end up happening is this is where you're going to say Marcus Wheaton is going to be I'm your... high as fuck on Wheaton. And Wheaton's going to be a guy I who's going to be... Wheaton, the guy who steps in as the number two guy, and love he's going to be your steady guy. He's not going to give you, like... And he showed he, could, he did have, like, that one huge, amazing week last, uh, steady guy. last year. Perfect way to say Steady it. guy. The guy who's going to step into that next role is going to be become over him, which is a guy who could, almost has the body of a, t- a tight end. If I, if I am, Coates. Sammy Coates. 
and, and we, but we still haven't seen it. I like your I know, call there. I know, I know, but you know, but he's a guy that they they believe in, and at the same time, well, six two two thirteen. So he's got he's got decent size, but he's not he's not a tight end size. But and they still what he has that. is he's a guy that if you can throw Sammy Coates into the slot, because look what the the Eagles did with Jordan Matthews. Yeah. And now you're going to create these different matchups and stuff. The difference is that Ladarius Green is just also he doesn't have that tenacity. He doesn't have that. Not he doesn't have that player. that that. That I'm a killer and I'm gonna I'm gonna get it. And you want to give me the ball and I'm gonna once I get the ball I'm gonna dominate. Do you ever see him shedding off tacklers and throwing guys to the ground and, and running the guys over? Never. Who have I been? See him running out of bounds. Who have I been comparing him to for four years now? Jared Cook, mm-hmm. a guy that yeah shoulda coulda woulda got everything. He's just not. It, it, it's never. Well, let's talk about him then too because here's a, that's another guy that's a disappointment. He, he went to Green Bay. You say, oh, now Jared Cook, we're going to put you in the perfect situation. No, Jordy Nelson back, all the other stuff. He's not, I'll tell you what, he's not Jermichael Finley. Jermichael Finley, as much of a putz as he yeah. was, was so much of a better tight end than, than Jared Cook could ever hope to be. Jared Cook just doesn't, you know, and, and you could say, well, maybe he's going to be up in Green Bay now. He's going to be getting the tutelage of Aaron Rodgers. It's going to make all the difference in the world. I believe it when I see it. And you know what? He'll be drafted by all the Packer backers here in Chicago in, in, in my drafts or whatever. I'm not going to buy it. He'll have two two good games on the year, and he won't, he's going to give you a bunch of fucking donuts the rest of the way. Three or four years ago, Jared Cook, the first game and the second game was looked like all lights out, best pick ever. I had him on my team. He is going to have an isolated game or two of awesomeness on the Green Bay Packers. Oh, but for sure. do you want to be the guy that picks, it? picks it? No. Do you want to stream him? Do you want to be the guy that has him on your team getting two Or he'll do what he does every for, year. He'll do that game in the week one, and then you're going to start him for the next six weeks. Yeah. And he's going to give you no points. He's going to destroy your, your, your – cost you two or three wins along the way because you could have got had a guy that was on your bench or somebody else because they wanted to trade you for Jared Cook, and you were so hot and because of the game he had in week one that you didn't want to trade him. Oh. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Don't Quick mention, I won't say anything more, but I've been high on Dante Moncrief uh, all offseason – I'm not saying I'm not anymore, but right now the news is that he's banged up, he's hurt. That really makes me sad. I'm just going to put this out there because I was thinking that he was going to be, I, I still like T.Y. Hilton, but with Andre gone and, and Luck coming back and Fleener being gone, I just like the, the Dante Moncrief. But right now, he's Aaron towards disappointment from where I was, you know, a couple weeks ago. Just stay out of my way or you'll pay. Listen to what I say. How about I just go eat some hay? I can make things out of clay and lay by the bay. I just may. What do you say? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Scooter. Shooter! No, it's Scooter. No, you're wrong. All right, I've got one that I'm going to throw out, and then I'll let you do another one, and we're kind of closing out. This okay, is good. It's actually good. a pretty good, uh, yeah. I think we got a handful who, more guys. Who, and... who could have predicted that you and I would like to talk for over two hours? Get out. Oh, Get you're out. crazy. You're I think crazy. It, was, it was the Valverdes that drove us to this. You know what I'm going to do before I go on to Jimmy Graham? What I want to talk about is Pyro Pro. And it's an awesome little uh, interface and system and platform for fantasy users, and it's been awesome. The people have been buying have been buying it over the last few weeks. Um, we appreciate it. Basically, if you buy Pyro Pro, it's forty dollars per year. It's ten dollars. Full calendar year, full by the cal- way. Calendar 300, year. Once you buy it, like, you have it for 365 days because 
Pyro never sleeps. We are a year-round organization in the fantasy industry. And I've got a great example of that. There was a guy that reached out saying, my login's not working. What's going on? And he's like, he's like, I, I just tried to pay for it again, um, and, and my login isn't working. And I'm like, pay for it again? Why you pay for it again? He's like, well, I want it for this season. And I'm like, Carl, dude, you bought this thing last August. You got it until, you got it until August. He's like, oh, so that's what's wrong. I'm like, yeah, you don't need to buy it. There's nothing with, wrong. You don't you need to buy it with a new email address when you already have it. He's like, oh, I thought it was over in the Super Bowl. I'm like, you don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, so I have it? I'm like, so you got it. And uh, he's like, so I'm like, you didn't charge me again? I'm like, you didn't get charged again. Just use your old email, your old password. Like, okay, great. I'm like, a lot. Hey, so hey, many user errors. You knew the user errors that I deal with. We there are certain people that are... We are confusing, are, though. Most people are just like, if you buy it, you only have it until the end of the season. We're saying, we don't care where you, when you buy it because we're, we're different than everybody else in, in, in so many aspects. Absolutely. And this is one of them. So you buy it now in the off season. Don't worry. You're going to have us through the entire season. You're going to have us up until this point in time. Exact time next year. And it's awesome. And we're doing news feeds. We're starting to ramp up on those again. Um, and we're doing uh, PK, uh, Houdini, and I are going to be doing it. And we're actually, just to put this out there, we're looking for a couple really passionate fantasy footballers that love, love, love news and up to date and like just like news and love the roto world aspect love that pro uh pro football uh, kind of just the, the here and now player news stuff because we need a couple more hold on, hold on. and to also help us. who know how to comprehend what an actual sentence is and know how to put thoughts from your head onto paper or onto the onto computer and have them actually be cognizant legible understandable Digestible. Well, that's no, no, no. obvious. No, no, no. It's we not obvious. It's not beats. obvious. You, we have lots of people who are amazing fans, but it's like, I'm sorry. Can you form a sentence and know how to have a noun, a verb? And well, I'm not even worried about whatever. that. Just know it's work. It is work, <laughs> but it's fun there's work. Been a couple, it's there's fun been a work. lot of people along since we started. I just want I people love... who know how to write. That's all. Absolutely. Please. That's important. A lot of people over the years, and we, I'm sure a lot of you guys are still listening, we respect you guys so much, have been like, I love it, I want to contribute, and you're like, alright, let's do it, and then it's like, two months in, a month in, like, yeah, two weeks in, yeah, two weeks in, it's like, <laughs> I can't do this anymore, I'm like, I told you from day one, our first phone call, I'm like, this is work, dude, you could be watching the Cosby show, or you're going to be doing these. You could be making comments on our stuff, or yeah. you could be actually sitting there writing and coming up with all the content. Absolutely. But we are looking for a person or two to help us out with those news feeds, for Pyro Pro. Another we're always thing, also looking for talented people. Another thing that we're, we're able to do on Pyro Pro is second opinions. You're, you're, you ask us a question in the Pyro Mindshare that Houdini and I have been talking about all night and that you guys have listened on the show and see on the site will answer your question. The second opinions is awesome. You can upload images of your team. You can upload graphics to show you your, your, your scoring system. You can show us anything and ask us any sort of question, whether it's Dynasty, whether it's DFS, whether it's um, Standard, whatever it is, we'll answer the question, um, which is only offered to Pyro Pro members. Another thing, you'll get all that content in your Pyro Pro timeline dashboard that you're getting on Pyro Free. So anytime we post one of these podcasts, anytime we post a fantasy football, um, you know, uh, I mean, a, a Pyro uh, touch, targets, touches, looks, uh, 
whatever. So we've got the resource toolboxes there as well. This week I posted a loan there, uh, top positional weeks for wide receivers and running backs. So that just shows you which players in last year you're actually getting that one for free because I'm trying to bait you guys and get you give you the the blue crack from bad Breaking Bad so that you guys do it. But anyway, you can add a hundred players into your dashboard. You're following t- the news uh, and news feeds for those players. It is friggin' awesome. There's just so much stuff to do. You have the direct access to our mindshare. Send us an email. Send us a second opinion and say, hey, I've got something really important. This is a huge game for me. Week 7, I'm going against this guy. What should I do? We'll give you an example. We'll help you out. Let me give an example. So we had uh, one of our listeners send in a dynasty question. It said, in a dynasty startup, what's a reasonable price to offer for a 2017 first? Um, I'm no expert, but word is that this class is stacked. Now, this is one of those ones where it needs a little more clarification for me to give the, the best answer. Um, because when you're saying in a dynasty startup, are you doing a dynasty startup where you're doing it by um, an auction or are you doing it by draft? And when you're talking about a 2017 first, and I, I imagine you're talking about a rookie draft, which is how I uh, definitely w- would want to go with a, a dynasty league's. Uh, where you're actually drafting rookies and you're able to keep them on reserve rosters or at least just have a rookie draft and then they ha- have a spot on your team or, or as D-Rex does, where you have to start a rookie as a positional uh, player every year. So these are the type of questions that we're answering. And so what I'm telling this person is, you know, if the class is stacked, you don't need to be running and jumping up to try to get a trade to get one of the first rookie draft picks of the next draft class. If it's a deep class, that's your best bet to try to stockpile. Get as many draft picks as you can. Um, you know, if you can get, if you're a 10-team league or a 12-team league, if you can get three of the top 10 draft picks, that's going to be great in a deep class like next year. Now, if you're in a weak class, that's one of those things where if you're selling out and you're trying to, uh, to trade and you only get the fifth draft pick, well, in this year's draft, once you got through Basically, Ezekiel Elliott and maybe even with all the wide receivers, the Treadwells and the Fullers and all these guys, they're all kind of uh, uh, of equal. So you're not sitting there with any any differenti- differentiators, and you could have been like, I don't care. But if I wanted to get where, especially after Ezekiel Elliott goes to Dallas, you're saying, that's the guy that I got to get. Or maybe it's if you're in a quarterback deep league that I got to get Jared Goff because he's going to be the guy that's going to be the ultimate starter. That's a jump out guy. But all these other guys... They don't have that other value. So when we talk about second opinions, this is the type of depth that we go into in answering these questions and the types of questions that people come in with. And I love what you said there. It's like, hey, I need I need a little more information on, on this one. We send a response that you have in your your second opinion bin of questions and answers, and we'll send that back. Be like, hey, it's not like we'll just answer a broad question like, hey, what kind of what kind of league is this? We need a little more information, and we're not saying that in a derogatory or. We want to give you the better answer. Like, hey, give me, hey, what's going on here? When you're asking about a draft question, how many rounds are you in? What's the size of your league? Hey, sometimes we'll be like, hey, take a screen grab of your of your of your bench and and post we, it up and show us so we know what a uh, guy that you should drop. You know, we could be lazy and we could just answer it and just be yeah. vague and be like, okay, well, whatever, well, I'm done with it, but. We're sending you that, and then we're going to have to answer that question again. But we're doing it because we want to give you the best value and the best reason for your for your answer. And, like, you want to have the best time. Val, Val, my tummy. 
Is it always like this with the uh, TV cameras and the, and the people and stuff? Oh, yeah, a lot of pressure. You gotta rise above it. Mm -hmm. You gotta harness in the good energy, block out the bad. Harness, energy, block, bad. Mm -hmm. Feel the flow happy. Feel it. It's circular. It's like a carousel. You pay the quarter, you get on the horse. It goes up and down and around. All circular, circle, with the music, the flow, all good things. Yeah, all right. Well, great. Thanks a lot. Nice to meet you, man. Psycho. <laughs> Psycho. Uh, that was, was that Kevin Neal? Kevin Cal Nealon. Nealon, got Kevin Neal. Sh uh, Scooter. What Scooter? <laughs> what, what's it, what was our uh, running back's name, Neil? Oh, uh, 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 Neil Anderson. Neil Anderson. There you go. Hey, see, it all comes Number? full circle. Number? Uh, 35. There you go. I'm visual. How about that? Neil Anderson replaced... Walter Payton, yep. number 34, followed by number 35. He tried to one-up him. Oh! Which is why Kobe Bryant chose 24 after he uh, was number 8 for a while. He's like, Michael Jordan, everyone says I try and be him, I'm going to be 24. One more. I was put on this planet for one reason, to play hockey. <laughs> All right. Quit. That was Michael Jordan's other thing, you know, but he didn't get a chance to play with the Blackhawks. The Blackhawks sucked and he didn't want to go join them. Yeah, he. he, you he, he instead, instead, he joined the White Sox, who sucked as well. Oh, oh, hey, oh. Hey, you know what I gotta say about that? You jackass! <laughs> oh, God bless your Sox and my Cubbies. You're you like the Sox more than I like the Cubs, or you're more loyal to them. Very I've always good. liked the Cubs, but I'm just not a baseball guy. Quick yeah, one. I'm gonna uh, shout out to Chris Sale, uh, nine and zero. Uh, first time I don't know for someone I think since two thousand two. I, I don't know what it is. First time I don't know for a White Sox in a long time. God damn it! Love I wish it. we had video of that one because Houdini's like raising the roof. <laughs> Raise the roof. All right, I'm gonna do uh, a quick one. You know, it's it's obvious his day his days are behind him, and it's sad because he was such a beast, and the kind of seasons he was able to put up uh, were amongst the best of the position ever. Probably, I think, two of the top five, definitely two of the top seven uh, tight end seasons ever. Jimmy Graham, Seattle Seahawks. Sometimes you're reading information, it's like, they're trading him. The Bears are grabbing him. Next time you talk, you got uh, Carroll saying, oh, we missed the hell out of him, but he's ahead of schedule. Who knows what's going on? He's got a torn uh, patellar tendon. Trub City. I just, uh, even when he was playing with them, it just didn't seem like there was a gelling happen. There was not, it was not uh, gelling at all. The minute that he went down is the minute that, uh, last year is the minute that Russell Wilson went on a, that record-breaking tear for a quarterback. The, it was the moment that, uh, you know, Baldwin started tearing it up. This team... Was better without him. I'm well, just going to say it. I agree with you because the problem with Jimmy Graham is he's a tight end who's unwilling to block and not good at it. So you have a guy who's tentative about it, and you can't be tentative about blocking. You just have to be able to, <laughs> to throw your body in there and do it. And the other problem is that he cries and whines so much that you have to throw him. You have to create plays to take you out of whatever rhythm you're in because, oh, we have to get Jimmy Graham involved. Screw you, Jimmy Graham. You don't need to be involved. Either get yourself involved and, and find a way to be a, a productive part of the offense, but don't bitch about it. And the problem is, is in especially in that offense where you are going to be, I don't care if it's if it's Rawls or if it's anybody else, if it's Lynch that comes back in week four, they're going to be a run-oriented offense. They're letting 
Russell Wilson have more freedom, but at the same time, they're going to be run first, and then it's going to be bigger plays. And it's because of, of Russell's ability to uh, be uh, escapable in the pocket and to create more time, and and, uh, and especially when you have guys like Lockett now who are going to be able to be so dynamic. And if they can learn to read Russell when he breaks out of contain and are able to readjust routes, holy crap, they're going to have some big plays. For whatever reason, Jimmy Graham... He did it with, with, with Drew Brees. I don't understand why he's not been able to do it with Russell Wilson. Because Drew Brees is a machine. I also think Jimmy Graham thinks too much of himself. But also Drew Brees is, 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 was unbelievable, and he has done it with no, no real weapons. Think about it. Think about Colston, the stats that he well, had. Well, you know what, though, too? Though? Let me, I'm sorry, but let me bring this point up, and I'm sorry to interrupt you. But no, maybe it's I, also I because okay, Drew I just don't Brees, want to talk about Jimmy Graham too, too No, no, well. I know, but maybe it's also He's because whatever. Drew Brees was a guy when he broke contain wasn't going to run with the ball. And yeah. maybe that when, when, when Russell breaks contain, Jimmy just gives up on it, on it and goes, oh, well, screw it. Why am I going to run? He's going to run. That's a great point. That's actually a very, very great point. Um, smart. Here's a question I got, and I'm not going to, it's funny, I'm reading O.C.'s bus, and it's, it basically, he was looking at the draft and trying to be like, D- I disagree with D-Rex. <laughs> <laughs> you little cork soaker, O.C. Um, anyway, for you, O.C., you jackass. <laughs> I got a question for you. Where do you have Aaron Rodgers, and what are your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers? He's by number four. Is he a disappointment for you? Is he going to come through? And yeah, I'm not going to no, he would be a, Olivia Munn love or anything like that, but he I was, just don't. He always underwhelms. He underwhelms because he's he, they don't. He doesn't throw the three four hundred yard games. He doesn't have even with the talent that they have. The Packers just don't pour it on people. They just they're not Bill Belichickian. Uh, that's not how McCarthy runs his team. Is he going to be on your team? You think? No, he never is. Yeah, he never is. He never and is. When he is. I think I've had him on my team once, and I was like, holy crap. This is the worst draft pick I've ever done in my life. Because all and of his, he had a good season. His great years came early on. And, and remember now that they've been trying to, they've just they realized that they couldn't. They were so close to winning it, and it was like we didn't have a running game. That's when they got lazy, and that's when they now they put more emphasis toward the running game, and whatever it is, it's more emphasis toward balance, not necessarily the running game, more yeah. toward balance. Yeah. And once they've gone toward balance, he has gone from. No potential to have gone to no potential to have a five thousand yard season. No potential for fifty touchdowns. And this is the I'm going to do my dog Manica. I do not want to go against Aaron Rodgers with a chip on his shoulder. I think you said to me, I disagree with you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I just don't understand. This is not a guy that I think is like. I like Rodgers. I think he's a great player. Is he a Hall of Famer, yes. Is he fun to watch? Is he a good dude? All of the above. Fantasy football, he's an underwhelmer. Golf's no different from hockey. Requires talent, self-discipline. Golf requires goofy pants and a fat ass. You should talk to my neighbor, the accountant, probably a great golfer. Huge ass. <laughs> Huge ass. All right, I'm going to just spit out a couple other people. Question, we don't need to talk too much about it. Gronkowski, literally. Up or down, you... He's, he's. I won't be on my teams because I'm not going to take him. But what are you, what are your expectations on on the season? I'm not. You know, he's still the number one tight end. There's no doubt he's the number one tight end. He's still in the tier all by himself because of what he does. But at the same time, is he that ultimate difference maker that you can really justify taking in the first or early second round? Not to me. He didn't have 200 points last year. He's a first rounder. Um, good point. So yeah. we'll move on. Lashawn McCoy. 
You know what? Um, I, I, I've been down on this guy for probably like the last four years, even when he has a good year. Yep. Um, I think I might be... You're growing, moving up? I might, be, I might be growing on... He might be growing on me a little bit. Only because when we're talking about his value now... It's I, better than you growing. I got him in, like I think, number 13. And um, I'm, if he's not in the top 10... I'm not worrying about taking him in the first round, but the way that people are going still is could be the end of the second round. You have to tell me where he's at. I want, I want the overall because I want to know where he's going overall. You know, is he 19 or is he 24? If he's 25, 26, that, that I would be tantalized to, to wait and go wide receiver, wide receiver. He's 12. Ta- 12th overall? 12, no, he's 28th overall. 28th. Oh, perfect. Position. I like him. I like him there because I'm, gonna, I'm the guy who's going to go wide receiver, wide receiver, and I can still end up with LaShawn McCoy as my number one running back. Come eighth pick in the in the third round, and then you, you I like that I like that call a bit too because you just take Carlos Williams to back that ass up. Yeah, would you, would you one maybe one one have to take that ass up? You might have to take him around earlier than you want to, but I don't know is if it, he goes down. If he goes, it down. depends. It depends because again, the difference is that made more sense to me four or five years ago when it was still more. We weren't shifted into the way that we are with the running back by committee. I know that Williams is still going to get his touches in there, but I don't want to have two guys where I'm wasting picks and having that that handcuff specifically. And, and he's literally I, I know, but he's a handcuff. He's, he's, a, hand, he's, a, handcuff he's a handcuff who could be a number one running back. He's one of the I, get only I get it. I get it. I get it. Let me just remember. Let, let me just remind you that the handcuff I liked last year was Nile Davis, and 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 as I called. Jamal Charles did go down, and now Davis was garbage. Oh, that was an easy. That was an <laughs> so. Easy. Don't listen to me on hand. It could have been an easy. Just tap it in. Just tap it in. Give it a little tappy. Tap, tap, tap a roll. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Spencer work. Trick Hendrick West. Fuck you. <laughs> yes. God damn it. I called one part right, just not the right guy. And I was so adamant about it that I didn't pick up any other guys. Yeah. Like, Wait, hold on. This guy's available. Nope. Nope. Now Davis, I gotta hold tight for my listening audience. All right, I think we're pretty. We're about, we're about done with this thing. Yeah, aren't we? let's move on to this party. We talked about <coughs> Romo. Let's do it. Yeah. I think one. I'll do one last one last question. For the audience, Kobe or for Fleener, me? for you. Oh, okay. Call oh, yeah, him wait, wait, the audience can't answer. Kobe Fleener. Yeah. Bust. Awesome. I, I like guy you I, like. I like. I like. I disappoint. I've been a. You know that I've been a guy that's liked Kobe Fleener a lot, and I've tried to even make him be something that he wasn't while he was on Indianapolis. I'm a believer. I'm a believer. I'm a. Be, I'm a befleener. I'm a. <laughs> a Kobe. Belif, Kobe. Kobe believer Fleener. I'm a Kobe believer. There you go. Belina. Um, and I might be saying I'm sorry. Uh, I said, why, why am I even quoting Justin Bieber? I don't know. I don't even know. When if you're, you could have too B- many beers. You, you could have quoted quoted Justin Bieber a, a hundred <laughs> times wait, in the wait, show. I, I owe this know. to myself. You jackass. Yes. Don't ever do jackass. it. Again. <laughs> you jackass. You One more. Jackass. No, no, I said it. You jackass! I can't do it. Why, why did I do it? Jackass! Yeah, exactly. Fair enough. All right, I, I gave it to me. Okay, wait. You jackass! All right, I'm fine. I like a flainer. I do. I like him a lot. Let's look, look what Ben Watson did. Okay, resurrected his career, uh, and now he goes to a horrible situation, but he chased the money, and I can't blame him for that. Flainer is, is the tenth, tenth uh, tight end, and 100. 
Third 10 tight Such a value. You're talking, you're in a 12 team league. You could be sitting there, and he has upside galore because he is just a basically a pure receiver. You're going to take Gary Barnage over a Fleener. You're going to take a Julius Thomas over a Fleener. No, there's the one. Okay, that, this is, that, that's what's interesting. Okay, like Those I, two guys are ahead. Julius I would take Thomas, Ernest, I would I'm, take Walker over a Fleener. But. Julius Thomas is, is my most major adjustment you'll see from uh, version 3 to version 4. I like him. I, I've had him, I think I have Thomas as like my three or four tight end. I he needs to go down. I, okay. I don't I don't believe it because all of the value of where he got his money from was from the twelve touchdowns each year that he got from Peyton Manning, and he is not a guy that is just I've a got breakaway six, type I got guy. Him at sixteen. I got he's a guy that has to help Blake Bortles to get his thirty five touchdowns. So I mean, I'm bringing it back full circle. I don't know. We'll see. I I, I, I one know. guy I'm going to say while we're talking about Julius on the show, Hearns. I'm starting to become like a little more. I feel like people love him, but he's almost—he's got a lot for—he's got the most yards, like 1,830 yards through two seasons, most ever for a wide receiver, undrafted wow. wide receiver. And this is a guy that was a highly recruited, went to Miami, so I'm starting to like him a bit more. So, all right, uh, I think this is a good. Yeah, I, we're done. We're done. We're done. All right, hey, Pyros, we love you guys. Thanks for uh, joining us and listening to this uh, Pyro podcast. Show number 227. We hope you weren't disappointed. <laughs> I don't think they were. Houdini, it's always a friggin' pleasure talking fantasy with you. OC, Stag Party, Mo. Um, thanks for giving us some of the guys that you thought might be. Uh, oh, you didn't tell them the music. I, I was going to. No, uh, we didn't. We usually mentioned that earlier. So, but I'm yeah. sorry to interrupt your clothes. No, no, it's all good. Too the many Valverdes for Houdini tonight. We're all good, dude. It's Friday. That's why we like doing shit on Friday. When we do shows on Saturday, it's like, hey, we're hungover. <laughs> we're not gonna start drinking at eleven in the morning. Um, but yeah, the music tonight is one of my favorite bands. Favorite, favorite bands, uh, and that's Happy Mondays out of Manchester. Uh, one of the old school, old school, late 80s, um, you know, 24 hour party people bands. They're, they're, that movie, if you ever knew about it. 24 hour party people. Yeah, that, that was, that, that, they were like one of the original psychedelic, total tripper, Sean Ryder bands from, uh, from London. And if you guys that's the name of one of their songs, 24 hour party no, people. Uh, you knew it, I didn't know it. I laughed it's when great. I Have you seen that movie? No. It's a great movie. You should check it out. When did that, 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 that come out? Ah, four years ago. Really? Okay. Yeah, it's a good movie. But this is a great fucking band. Um, Thrills, Pills, and uh, and um, is one of their great... And Belly Aches is one of the best top 25 Britpop albums ever. And we listened to the first song we listened with Step On, which it was too sad that we were only able to get a minute and 20 out of it because... That song, in all honesty, I want to play that song again. We can. Yes, I would rather play that than Kinky Afro. No, it wasn't going to be. It was going to be Loose Fit. Oh, Loose Fit. Okay, so it's going to be Loose Fit. Screw Loose Fit. We're going to go back. We're to going step on. back to it because I need to whistle. We need to party. Uh, love Happy Mondays. Friggin' great band. Love you, Houdini. Love that we just get together and do fantasy football. Dropping the knowledge. Bust love and you, brother. Disapp- love you too, dude. Disappointments for 2016 fantasy football season. We are out. We're doing the same song, closing out. To be honest, we're going to play Loose Fit after this.
All right, I'm out of here. Uh, I hear that asteroids machine calling my name from the game room, so peace. <laughs>